it's, it's funny because none of them have seen the movie. But Rotten Tomatoes is so broken that they can write bad reviews. And the only reason they're writing bad reviews is because they're a bunch of sexist, bigoted, anti-feminist assholes. Women are scary. Oh, God. Oh, man. I bet they can't wait for the Rose Tico Disney Plus Star Wars TV series. I think, you know, I think that's come around entirely. As a because, result. Because Ethan Van Skyver bought all the Rose Deco figures to destroy them. <laughs> Probably. So they're like, ah, oh, Disney's like, oh, this, I would this love, character's really selling well. Let's do, a, let's do a series. I would love if that show began with, in dedication to, was it Ethan Van Skyver? Began with that. Yeah. And and Kelly Marie just Tran was paid all the money to make it. Yeah. And it was just a, thank you. Your hatred has single-handedly delivered a brand new vehicle for the thing that you hated for no reason other than you are mildly xenophobic probably very mildly? racist well I've never any of the stuff I, I avoid watching his shit but any of the stuff I have seen he's not really talked about her race so much mm. but it's like why is she the figurehead for everything wrong with Blast Jedi as far as you're concerned why you're fuck Ethan Van Skyver yes remember when he used to draw comics no not anymore now he's the action figure mm. guy did you see Red Letter Media's subtle nod to it yes continuing their yes. melting of action figures idea yes which I thought was really funny which was, which was good uh, and Captain Marvel will also be good uh, by all accounts early impressions are out and it's it's it, people are saying it's real good yeah all these people who haven't seen it saying it's dreadful I know right speaking of dreadful welcome to the big <laughs> damn cast ladies and gentlemen boys and girls Poor bastards children of all ages and indeed <laughs> mindsets uh, it's your weekly bit of nonsense nerd culture, pop culture, gate culture, shite that you've probably already heard regurgitated by much more popular voices, usually with Australian accents, but nevertheless, <laughs> you're here to listen to two British idiots talk oh, about it no. and offer our own perspective. My name is Christopher. I just got a brand new capture card, McJohnson. My name is Matthew, the movie, the game, Watson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> The real game begins. Oh, um, wow. yes. The 90s. The 90s. <laughs> and we're here to talk about some pop culture news, as mentioned. But also, big topic this week, we are discussing video game tie-ins. Yes. Because you, you poor bastard. Movie tie-ins, specifically. Mm. You, you poor, beautiful, mm. sweet summer child. Mm. On Me. the ongoing series on our Twitch channel twitch.tv slash big damn stream yes adventures in backlogging reruns and the records on our youtube channel of course uh adventures in backlogging you recently took on one of the most derided games of the previous console generation yeah aliens colonial marines yeah bad and it's bad it implanted something in your chest (laughs) which you've been thinking about so we're going to talk about it it's going to burst out and shower you in blood and gore today oh you should get that checked yeah probably (laughs) here it's terminal um but first Nuez? Yes. Nuez? Not the only thing that's terminal. Oh. The recent season of Punisher in the upcoming season of Jessica Jones at Netflix will also be terminal. Yeah. As in, terminated, as in, those shows are cancelled. In an announcement that surprised precisely no people this past week. Let me get the timeline right. The, the Hollywood Reporter put out a story that the rumour was that announcement <clears throat> was coming up. It was on Monday evening, uh, our time. And then on Marvel.com, Jeff Loeb put out... Jeff Loeb, a uh, but writer and showrunner and exec producer of these shows, put out a lettered statement. Yeah. 
that basically was they said it couldn't be done four series crossing over this that and the other and it, it without saying it outright he's basically saying yep our five babies and the six series spin-off mega event of all of all of this have been cancelled at Netflix. They're not happening anymore. But then he leaves a lovely little note at the end that is essentially saying to be continued. Well, he says, he says from his statement, mm-hmm. he says, on behalf of everyone at Marvel Television, we couldn't be more proud or more grateful to our audience. Our network partner may have decided that they no longer want to continue telling the tales of these great characters. Putting that the blame some, squarely in that Netflix's... That is fucking grade-A shade yeah. right there. Uh, but you know Marvel better than that. Oh, snap. As Matthew Murdoch's dad once said, the measure of a man is not how he gets knocked to the mat, it's how he gets back up. So it seems like this is... Is this Netflix just thumbing their nose at Marvel? Well, it didn't help that another Netflix-related announcement happened the same night, that the very popular comedy drama series um, Friends from College was also cancelled after its second season. Second season had already gone out, so it was waiting. Literally, for no idea what that is. I've enjoyed what I've seen. It's it's kind of it's kind of very it's like an American approach to a British awkward comedy drama. Oh, I probably hate it then. Yeah, it was got a Keegan Michael Key in it. So uh, yeah, he lost when the Predator, and that was dog shit. True, but he wasn't the worst thing in it. He was not the worst uh, thing in it. <laughs> he was one of the more bearable, terrible things. I mean, anyway, point is. To infinity and your mom. Um, I <laughs> point is, it's a very popular show, and it just got shit canned on yes. the same night that the announcement leaked, and then was officially sort of confirmed by Marvel and Jeff Loeb, and then Netflix announced it officially. Same night, three of their shows, three very popular shows for the streaming service, on the higher budget end, gone. Yeah. Um, what Jeff Loeb's saying there suggests to me that there is a plan. Well, it. Netflix turned around and said, they said, The Punisher will not return for the third season on Netflix. In addition, in reviewing our Marvel programming, we have decided that the upcoming third season will also be the final season for Marvel's Jessica Jones. Hmm. Um, this sounds like, this sounds like a bad split, but it also it sounds does. like Marvel were prepared for it. It sounds like Netflix are real pissed off that Marvel are starting their own streaming service. Which I kind of am as well, because... Fucking hell. Yeah, it's just, but, there's just so much well, to pay for. Well, at Disney's streaming service, so yeah. these shows could have existed quite happily on Netflix, continuing going forward. Because, mm. you know, well, especially for, say, like a family household, your kids are going to want Disney+. Plus. When the kids have gone to bed, you as an adult probably wouldn't mind paying an extra seven bucks a month to then flick over to Netflix and watch the adult shows. Yeah. So it's not, you know, too much of a stretch of it, say, like in a family environment. But, I mean, we've talked about the death of a thousand cuts for streaming services yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. But um, in this instance, the way that letter's worded at the end, you know Marvel better than that. It's how you get back up again. I think it says to be continued as well at the bottom or something. Uh, not, on the, not on the quote I've got. I've not okay. got the full statement. I've just got a quote. I think it was on the Marvel because it sort of presented like a letterhead on the Marvel website. It was a big graphic. Mm. Um, as opposed to a bit graphic, which is what the shows were when they were alive. Oh, man. That, this second season of Punisher is woof. <laughs> rah, still not rah. finished it. Woof. I just got. I've, we've got two episodes to go, and I just couldn't. I just can't. Are you happy to see it, or is that just to... a canoe in your pocket? Down, boy. It's it's just it it just run out of steam because these shows are at least two episodes too long. 
Oh, those have been. At least two even Iron too long. Well, Iron Fist Series I 2, can't people... do it anymore! People liked Iron Fist Series 2 way more than Iron Fist Series 1, and a lot of them said it was down to the fact Series 2 was 10 episodes instead of 13, so yes. they cut out some of the chaffer and it didn't drag as they much. They could have cut three episodes out of what I've seen. I've only seen 10 episodes of it. They could have cut three of the <laughs> finished Season 2. Because there's some really, really good stuff in there. Yeah. But it just takes so long to get there. I have a theory that it's a demon. Long-form storytelling doesn't have to be long. Oh, no, not about that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Dirty bugger. I mean, in terms of what the plan is. Netflix is in debt like crazy. Yes, because they are... They've basically got a new show every week. Yeah. They are a good, like... I think they're, they're, they're like, closing in on $100 million in debt. Something like that. Yes, probably. And this More is this maybe. is a company... That they'll, be make, they'll be making that, like, every week. Yeah. But that doesn't pay for the other, like exact amount of that that they owe. Compound interest is a bitch. Yeah. Netflix is going to die in the next five or six years if it doesn't make some changes or get some big-ass supporters behind it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it could last longer, but it's one of those where it's going to be on a ticker the whole time. There will be be a sell-by date eventually. And it it will just vanish. The problem with growing a subscription-based model is at a certain point, you either have to raise prices... Hmm. or accept that you're not going to get any more subscribers. It, it turns into a retention game rather yeah. than an expansion game because you can't... There's only a finite number of people on the planet. Yeah. There's only a finite number of people on the planet with access to your service. Only a finite number of people on the planet with access to your service and the disposable income to use it. Only a finite number of people on the planet with <laughs> access to your service and the disposable income to use it and the time to actually watch it. You know what I mean? And so on and so forth. Do you think Disney would be bold enough to chuck them some cash? No. Really? No. I don't mean like the whole amount, but no, like they'd, the they'd whole bold, amount they'd be bold enough to try and buy them. Maybe. But in terms of these but services, Hulu, in, terms so... of the, in terms of these shows, because here's the thing, we, we've we heard elsewhere that Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Defenders, Punisher, all of the characters and casting of those characters associated with that show. Yeah. Uh, like those specific versions of the characters. Yes can exist again in a new televised format after a two-year wait period from the cancellation Something like of the that, show. yeah. There is, a, there is a cooling off period. Now, Disney could just turn around to all of us now and say, hi, everyone, including the people who worked on those shows. Yeah. Just so you know, we have plans to bring you all back in some form in two years' time. Yeah. That'd be great for the actors involved, because, like, you know, your Charlie Coxes and everybody can go, oh, great, so I can focus on definitely just doing other things in the meantime and keep my eye and negotiations with them going about returning in a couple mm. years time it would also be a great reassurance for the fans because we'd all go oh oh right so we are going to see them again one day we just have to wait a bit longer that's fine like we already were having to wait two to three years between seasons of each show anyway that's fine we will wait that's great um or even just turn around and be like hey guess what these characters are going to return just not in their own formatted thing. So, you love D'Onofrio's Kingpin? Confirmed he's in the next Spider-Man movie as the villain. Mm. You freaking love Luke Cage? Boom! We're slapping him in a movie with a couple of other Marvel heroes. Do you know what I mean? Like, do that. And, and it's Mike Coulter playing him. Because yeah. sod it, it's happening. Because yeah, yeah. we're recontextualising it. It's not their shows. So it's like, fine. I mean, you could probably get away with doing Heroes for Hire and put a few of them in the same show together. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's what I would do. If I had to, yeah. if I had to scale down... The lineup. Oh, I consolidate it. Iron Fist, 
Jessica Jones and Luke Cage combine those complete with Misty Knight and Colleen Wing and make that hero's hire. Yeah. Like, boom, there you go. Yes, you're going to have to lose some of the cast members as regulars, but they exist in the same world and you can bring them in. Yes. Uh, Daredevil is probably the one that you'd have to make wait a bit longer for. Yeah. But I think it would be worth it. And you can absolutely freaking guest star in that show in the meantime in an arc or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hell, do a freaking tie-in with your ABC shows and that would be the first step to it feeling like it's yeah, part of a bigger world. Like, of have Daredevil rock up in a four-ep arc of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something where it's a thing in New York and, you know, like one of them's completely cut off from everybody and they end up in Elle's Kitchen for whatever reason. Yeah, do something like that because then it's like, oh my God, the interconnectivity is there. That'd be great. Shared ha- universe. Have Murdoch represent someone in the MCU in yeah. a film. Why the hell not? Like, there you go. But if it is really tight and it's like, no, you can't do anything with those. Because that was another thing, wasn't it? Like, it was casting decision. Yeah. If the casting is intrinsically tied to the two-year wait period as well. Because Marvel could, could, of course, do anything with these characters. They've got animated series over on Hulu. If they want, they could do, oh, we're going to do a Daredevil animated series. Mm. But it might not be able to be Charlie Cox because of contractual reasons. Chuck Netflix some cash, guys. Just go, look, there you go. We're buying that contract out. We're eradicating it. What do you need with it? You're just holding on to it for spite, essentially. Give it back. We'll have them. Leave us alone. Yes. They've got the cash. And it's not like those properties wouldn't make them money. If you then turn around to the parents who are like, oh, I don't want to get Disney Plus. We've already got all these streaming services. Kids, look, we've got flipping... We've got Netflix. We've got Now TV, whatever. Like, just, just leave us alone. Use these. If you then turn around and went, hi, parents, some of our older stuff for older viewers, is going to be behind a, a pass wall in Disney+. Plus. So like Miramax and Touchstone and all that, we're going to have a bunch of those movies that aren't for kids, but they'll be part of the Disney+, Plus yeah. and you can watch them. Oh, and also we're going to give you brand new um, Net, no, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, etc. seasons behind that service. They said that, you know the, adult, think... you know the adults who are erring on the edge would go, yeah, I'll pay for that. It's a neat idea, but as an outsider, I would have to speculate that there is some contract stuff that prevents them from doing it. Probably. Contracts are bitches. Yes. Anyway, they're also developing their own original stuff because we've got the Loki series coming. Yeah, apparently which... is going to be like a like a Loki through history thing. Yeah, not necessarily set um, before or after the events of Infinity War Endgame. Yeah, like they're not confirmed whether, but it could be after if he's not necessarily in corporeal form. Exactly, he'll be back. One way, I kind of he's not. too popular to not kill him off. I kind of hope he doesn't come back. Too popular for him not. Too popular really, to kill him off. It really cemented. <laughs> it really cemented the threat of Thanos in, 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 oh, yeah. in Infinity War. It was like, oh, baddie of Avengers three just killed very easily the baddie of Avengers in front of us all. But it's okay because it's, it's oh. going to be fine because it's going to be reestablished as a threat by the fact that all the original Avengers will have to sacrifice themselves. You know, <laughs> well, to bring everyone. Well, back. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow said she was stepping down from Pepper Potts this week. She announced that she's stepping down from Pepper Potts after Endgame. Well, it's not. She's had a lot to do recently, anyway. Well, then everyone went, "Well, hang on." Well, on Twitter, I've seen people going, "Well, hang on." Like, so does that mean that she's dead? Does that mean that Tony dies? There's no need for those characters. Then others pointed out, "Well, if Spider-Man: Far From Home set after this, Pepper Potts is signing that big check from the Stark Industries." Yeah. So she's alive, and she has then since said, I, "I'd be if they wanted me for like a cameo, like a really fun cameo, or whatever. I'd be more than happy to do that." But I'm not playing the character in a, in a full arc in a film anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, right? So Pepper survives Endgame. Then yeah. I'll okay. imagine she'll have the most to do in Endgame that she's had since uh, Iron Man three, probably. Yeah, true, true. Well, yeah, because she sort of like Loki quit after Iron Man three. She was like, oh, I don't want to do these anymore. And then she didn't show up in Civil War and they made it a plot point. And then obviously since then she went, no, I do want to do these because they probably rocked up that Infinity War money. Well, they've got, so then they've she they've got money at the end of Spider-Man and, Homecoming. And her, kids, and her, her kids like them. Yeah, well, she's got a lot of money. To she pay. doesn't she, give a fuck. She's got lawsuits uh, to pony up for 
um, after NASA sue her ass for like claiming the moon rocks that Cooper uh, selling short people's vaginas mm, and mm, blah blah blah. Mm, mm, mm. That's weird. Instead of separating the art from the artist, you need to separate the actor, the the actor Gwyneth Paltrow. From the businesswoman and owner of Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. Because they're two very different things. One is a formidable force who's an excellent performer and has turned in some fantastic um, turns on cinema in cinema. The other is a fucking idiot who tries to sell you moon vagina rocks. To to get specific about it, you need to consciously uncouple (laughs) those two ideas. Um, Thank you and good night. We'll see you all next week. Uh, Go on email in. Um, It's not, it's not going to be a better joke than that. So, no, there isn't. Uh, so, Doom Patrol. Yes. Speaking that's of jokes. Another, that's no. another superhero TV thing that's coming. That's a thing. Uh, and we got a real good look at it this last week. We're not getting the DC Universe app in the UK, are we? No, I think Doom Patrol's all... been announced as getting a Netflix premiere yeah, over here. I think like it's all going to Netflix. Wow. Thanks, yeah. Warner Brothers. Thanks. I would have kind of liked the option to pay a small amount, roughly, well, for the comics library, if for the else. comics library, for the back catalogue of all their animated and that's, film that's output. That's one thing Marvel have got over them is they've got Marvel Unlimited, which is awesome. Yeah, but this is like this would have been like having DC Unlimited plus all of the TV series eventually, yeah, plus all of their cinematic output up to a point, like. That would have been amazing. I would happily pay for that app if I could be like, you know what? I randomly, I randomly just want to binge some Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Boom, there we go. Stick on five episodes. It could be advantageous over the, the Marvel Unlimited app because the Marvel Unlimited is literally just, they let you loose in their back catalogue of single issues. Yeah, everything from six months and before. Six months ago and prior. Yes. Everything up to six months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, but they keep, but they're still adding stuff from the old dark. Yes. They're yeah. still... uh, whereas the DC Universe one is curated collections. Hmm. So it's going to be a lot easier to navigate from a newbie yeah. standpoint. To be like, oh, you I'm end your arc this and you're like, where do I go now? Well, yeah. you can go this way. Or there was this book that came out of the events of this as well. You Whereas in, Ma- in Marvel Limited, the variety is amazing, but mm. it's a little... Uh, it, need, it needs... It's a little confusing if you don't know what you're looking for. It needs a paperclip to pop up in the corner and go, yeah. you look like you don't know where to fucking yeah. go next. They do like a, they do don't like... worry, neither do I. They do, look, they do like a, a random weekly, issue of man thing. A weekly featured storyline <laughs> and stuff, but it's still like you've got a... If you're doing like a big crossover ad, yeah. you can't just go to the collection and you're like, all right, until this issue of this, then this it's issue. It's one of the reasons why I'm thankful for having this insane amount of books in my yeah. possession. Like, it's annoying, and when I've moved house, they are a nightmare to move because um, those boxes be heavy, son. <clears throat> but I'm currently rereading, I've, I've finished the first arc of Amazing Spider Man from last year, uh, which I really enjoyed. It's a proper Spidey esque story with a bit of 90s fan service thrown in. Hey, here's the Tri Sentinel. Enjoy. Um, but. <laughs> Oh, that's the first Nick Spencer act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed I, it. I really like that ominous like character they're setting up as yeah. whoever's coming up next. I haven't, I haven't read much further. Proper than that, so creepy. You see no the Mysterio, idea. the Mysterio yes, court yeah. scene. That Ooh, was really, creepy. really good. And also tying back into his still not quite fully explained return from the dead. Yes, which is great. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, we're finally going to get into this. Yeah. Um, but I've also been rereading the JMS run. I've been going over that over the last few months. And and as of last night, I finished the book of Ezekiel. Um, and that's where it gets complicated, isn't it? Because that's just as you're about to go into the other and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, well, it's, it's at that point where it goes, and we're done with this now. But then obviously, after a little, I think, yeah, I've finished that. And then the new Avengers stuff starts to creep in. Yeah. Uh, then Marvel Knight Spider-Man takes place in that point. Yes. Um, so I've got the main arc of that, and then the Absorbing Man turns into cocaine arc after that. Um, 
and then it goes into the other and, and all that stuff. So, but I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying it a lot. But again, it's great because I look at the back of those books and the most confusion I have is, oh, does this one follow that one? Yeah, those issues are numbered after that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the later ones, oh, is that, is that, what's next? Oh, they've got a number on the spine. Okay, that's easy to read. I'll know where to go now. Cool. So, we'll see. But yeah, DC Universe app not happening over here. But Doom Patrol, but Doom Patrol will be accessible to Netflix subscribers, and it looks pretty cool. It looks really fun. Did you, say you've, did you say you've watched the Titans episode that they're in? No, I've not watched any Titans yet. I've not watched it yet. I've okay. not watched any Titans yet. I'm gonna because I didn't realize they started in that. I hear it's way better than it had any right to be, <laughs> but uh, I've not watched it yet. I've, I've um, heard I've heard the polar opposite of that. Really? Yeah, but Boy. in a way that's made me fascinated. And and more curious. I mean, I've not like, heard. I've not heard that it's I, amazing. I I've just of, heard that it's not hot garbage. I've heard that it's hot garbage. Oh, okay, but Fine. hot garbage that will make you go. I can't look away. Like, what the fuck are they doing? That, that kind of hot garbage. The, I can, what I the can fuck are they that, doing though. kind? I can yeah. that. As long as it's interesting. Yeah. As long as it's not boring. The last episode does sound like a what the fuck are they doing yeah. sort of episode. The, but in a way where I'm like, even I want to randomly just put on the last one just so I can see it in the flesh. The only thing that <laughs> I know that they changed from um, the... Uh, Titans appearance because it's set, set in the same universe mm-hmm. is that they've the casting got... of a couple of people is different uh, yeah so Niles uh, Calder who's the chief who's the guy who runs the Doom Patrol yeah the, the wheelchair bound genius who runs this team of, of misfits with strange powers in a mansion based on the first teaser yes. trailer <laughs> um, yeah. this is interesting th- that and X-Men the, original, the first issue of X-Men came out something like three months apart oh or six months apart which way round? Uh, Doom Patrol first. Oh shit! Yeah, there is there is a lot of uh, one of them lasted as an allegory for racism and, and homophobia in the states and being different and was relatable to teens. So, and the other one is Doom Patrol. Yes, and Doom, so. Doom Patrol. Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol though, it's fucking great. Oh, apparently, I can, imagine, I can imagine Grant Morrison's being fun. And Gerard Way's doing it at the moment, and apparently that's pretty the good as well. Fuck, I know, right? Oh yeah. I'd after that. after Umbrella Academy went down so well, Wait, I'm, I'm not seen that yet either. But that's yeah. possibly pretty good. That's on um, the meat fleeks. Yes, uh, take that. Looks Disney great. Plus, app. not seen it. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, Brendan Fraser's still playing Robot Man. Yeah, negative. But ma- the voice um, of, although I believe. I think I read this. The, the physical actor in the suit's a different actor. Yes, yeah, I think but, it is. Yeah. Uh, Matt Bomer is replacing Dwayne Murphy as Negative Man. Uh, Again, that's the guy in the bandages, right? Yes. So you can do that because April. It's Bombay. just a voice being changed, essentially, probably, and flashback stuff. Because uh, um, okay. you see in the the trailer that just got released, you see lots of flashbacks to the origins of Robot Man, Negative Man, uh, Elastigirl. Well, you got Brendan Fraser in your... Elastigirl. You got Brendan <laughs> Fraser in your show. You kind of yeah. want to be like, hey, it's not just... We didn't just get him in a voice booth for a few days. Here he is, guys. Brendan Fraser's great. I love Brendan he Fraser. He is. Incredibly um, underused. April Bowlby is Elastigirl still. That she was that in the... that She was her in the... She was her in the... Uh, <laughs> In the Titans episode. She was her, this is me. Oh. Bruno Bacir is not returning as Niles Calder. It is, in fact, going to be Timothy Dalton. Yes. So. so but that's a very significant cool. change. That is though, a big... If you, if you watch Titans and then watch this. Mm. I wonder if the actor who played him in the first one in Titans feels. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Fobbing me off. Yes. Because I believe Doom Patrol was in development as a series before titans aired so probably yeah. before they even filmed 
the Titans episode. I imagine it was something of a backdoor pilot, but I have not seen it, so I have no idea. Mabes. I mean, it does seem a bit... Because it seems like they've already... Um, they've they've already sort of uh, established in that Titans episode, and this is going back to explain origins and things like that. Yeah. But again, that's just off <clears throat> the little bits I've seen of them. I have no idea if that's the case. It's um, almost like a... Also, Cyborg's in it. Yeah. Which is weird, but... He's okay. not in Doom Patrol, Whatever. but he's obviously a popular character. And it's played by Jovian Wade, who, for all intents and purposes, is a really good actor. So yeah. it's like... Okay. And he's in a fun series. Yeah. So he won't be lumbered with what Ray Fisher had to work with, which was, I just need to be really depressed and angry all the time. Yeah, so it's going to be, hey, I can say booyah and it won't feel weird. Oh, please, let's get a booyah. I feel so bad for Ray Fisher, man. Let's get a booyah. Can Hollywood cast Ray Fisher in more things? That'd be nice. So that he can be known as Ray Fisher and not that guy who played Cyborg in that shit Justice oh, League movie. Bad. Uh, bad. Bat. No. No. Not, not anymore. anymore. <laughs> Not till 2021, Christopher. Yes. When, when we'll have another bat. Army Hammer slash Zac Efron will be in the role, apparently, maybe. I've not even thought about who I want to be Batman. Oh, no. I know. Uh, yeah, uh, did you see the Kimmel interview with Affleck where he, on camera, is like, yeah, no, I'm definitely done now. And they have one of his cowls inducted to, like, the Batman Hall of Fame. Oh, God. Um, and it's a, it's a skit. It's an excuse for Guillermo yeah, to show yeah. Psychic to come out in a Robin costume and carry this cowl. And then it turns around on the back, it's got Tom Brady's, like, football number engraved in, <laughs> engraved in the cape and Affleck makes a joke about how oh no that was always there it's like the, the studio paid hundreds of millions of dollars to digitally erase it in every shot <laughs> it's like this is hilarious but also this is weird like this is him saying yeah I'm not Batman anymore bye guys and he doesn't look like thrilled to be taking part in this skit but at the same time he also but at the same time as the cowl drifts off into the ceiling of the studio he also looks kind of relieved yeah, because <laughs> it's like a there you go. I'm done. Leave me the yeah. fuck alone. And you, stop asking me what I'm gonna do with the Batman movie. Can I re-release Live by Night and do the press junket without any Batman questions, please? Can no, no you can't. Never. It's a terrible the rest movie. Of his life. It's a terrible movie, Ben. Uh, can you? F- and you should you can't have, fault Ben Affleck really for having done you everything can fault him he for could. many other things. Yeah, many other things. But in terms of Batman, <laughs> you can't fault him for doing for trying to do as much as he could to get it on the right track. Yeah, well, we didn't see that. Well, you say that, but we couldn't get a script to work, so I'm handing over duties to someone else to steer the solo movie. What do you mean you couldn't get a script to work? You're a Batman fan. You've yeah, got a story I don't think. Somewhere. I don't think it's that you couldn't get a script together. It's that you couldn't get a script together that he liked and the executives liked. That's probably true. That's at the same, probably at the same time, wasn't his writer Chris Terrio, who wrote um, Justice League and Batman v Superman and... Um, what's it Argo which is hilarious when you look at those three projects and you go one of these things is not like the other yeah. it's really really strange yeah. it's like how so. can Chris Terrio write a really good script here but you know what and was... then be shit at writing superhero movies but you know what was twice. you know what was missing from the co-writers. from the Batfleck Chris Terrio uh, projects <laughs> that were on Justice League and Batman v Superman the Snyder Factor oh god no one needs that and that's what the studio wanted at that time. I love how he's kind of like checked out publicly Snyder. as well and stuff. He's like, I'm free now to do my own. We were talking about his new project the other week. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm free to do my own thing. And you're like, wait, what? You were always free to do your own thing, Zach. <laughs> it's just that your own thing happened to be doing a thing for Warner Brothers. Why is it? But you didn't stu- have to do that. Why is it these studios get the worst people to be in charge? Because movies, movie executives and executives in all the industries yeah. don't have a fucking clue how their industries work. No. All they, but, all they think about is making more money. They don't actually make any artistic or creative decisions. Or, at least, one, or at least ones that make sense. No. 
they give feedback and suggestions and the employees underneath them go, we should probably do that or we'll be seen as shit. Yeah, but and they're not actually helpful. Yeah. In, in, in fact, oftentimes, they're counterproductive. Yeah. Oh, God, I need, I, need to, I need to talk to you about a former employer of mine and, and a project they commissioned, which is now coming under heavy scrutiny this All right. past week. I'm gonna, we're, it's hilarious. I'm it's, not one, it's, not, it's not tea to spill in this podcast. No, sis. no. Uh, but we well, might I'm, talk about it later. I mean, it's public news, but still. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so in, in, in other news, uh, eat the rich, late stage capitalism is unsustainable, uh, smash the patriarchy, and fuck executives. There we go. Uh, unionize and slash uh, the executive salaries. Do and, if ben, and if Ben and Jerry's are like sponsor us, do it. Also, they're doing Mister Nobody for real in Doom Patrol. Did you not see him in the trailer? Was that? Oh, okay, right. Yes, where yeah. he's like, yeah. Sorry, I didn't quite yes. realize the. Okay, so he's not. He's not a p- full person. Mm. Oh my I was God. like wondering how they were going to like sort of use that visual. From yeah. the comic and put that into live action. It looks fucking great. It looked pretty good, like the kind of shimmery they thing that they've got be going on. Throwing money at this shit. Or at those shots. And the rest Either of the way, series is gonna be quite low key. It's gonna be in a room. <laughs> it's gonna um, be in a room. <laughs> well the fact that I mean the fact that the fact that Cyborg and There's a reason we don't see Iron Fist fight a dragon in Iron Fist. Well yeah. <laughs> the the fact that Cyborg and Robot Man look fairly practical. As opposed to CGI. Yeah, I'm not sold looks. on Cyborg. I, look. Mm, I think it's a, I think it's an uh, an odd one. I think I'm. I'm thing is though, looking at the tone of the show, I'm okay with it being goofy. Yeah, I just I worry that it looks a bit too much like. You remember when you put that Cyborg mask on in Toys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of looks a bit like they've just done that to Jovian Wade. No, maybe, but but also it's no. not. It's going to be simpler stuff because it doesn't look like it. It's not uh, Motherbox. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't have your beard, so he didn't look like well, the, yeah, uh, like a, a Cyborg pirate. Who, who, well, oh, now, now that is an idea. <laughs> DC cyborg, cyborg pirate. Cyborg becomes a pirate and heads a pirate ship. Yes, through space. He's not part of that team. He's not part of the Doom Patrol. This is what we're doing now. We're yeah. just making loads of shows where Cyborg's in the Cyborg's show. Cyborg's in the show. Cyborg's going to be in Swamp Thing. Cyborg's going to be Swamp Thing Cy- in the Swamp Thing show. Cyborg's not going to be <clears> in Swamp Thing and be Swamp Thing. Cyborg's going to direct Swamp yeah. Thing. Shoot it. Cyborg's going to bring the subscription to your house. Yeah. He's going to deliver this, it on a USB this stick. is the DC Universe app, available exclusively on Cyborg. Not Android, <laughs> Cyborg. The new operating system for your phones, which is the size of a man. What? The size, shape, and rough weight of a man. What's the Wi-Fi password for this? Booyah! <laughs> you know what? I'm really turning around on Cyborg. <laughs> I'm suddenly a fan of his work. Cyborg, boring character. Please make him interesting. Make him like the Teen Titans animated series. Cyborg. Also, seems like they're keeping the name Elastigirl for Elastigirl. Elastigirl. As opposed to uh, changing it because of Disney. Yeah. Well, it's got a hyphen in it, so true. is that enough for legal? I think it's more. And that, also, I think it's more that it's such a, a very specific name, and, yeah. and people hear it, they're going to associate it with one character. Maybe they'll make light of it. In the series. Maybe somebody like, Elastigirl, really? Isn't that that chick from that cartoon? Well, the Doom Patrol Elastigirl is way more grotesque than the uh, Incredibles yeah. one, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Doom Patrol. I really I, am. I have I have high hops. It, it, looking like it's taken as many cues as it is from the Grant Morrison, Grant Morrison run, which is a must-read run. Mm. Like, if you like superhero comics, fucking read Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. It is great. 
Um, but yeah, it, it. I hope it's real good. I hope it's real good. Do it. Do it, you bitches. Because I need some hope, Chris. Oh. Because I had all the hope sucked out of me oh. by a horrible six to eight hour experience of playing through Aliens Colonial Marines for the PlayStation 3. Are you saying that the... Oh. That the <laughs> are, you, are you saying that the, the air hatch mm. of hope was ripped open mm. and you were sucked out into the void of space? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like what happened several times in the Alien franchise. That's the conclusion to three Alien movies. And a game. Well, actually, no, the conclusion to Aliens Colonial Marines, if you haven't watched the stream, is a little more complicated than that, but very. Feels like they cut two or three levels. The whole game feels. The game is simultaneously too long and way too short. Yeah, because you get a big chunk, don't you, where you're just fighting human enemies and the aliens are barely involved in it at all for a while. And then when they come back, you're like, wait, the fuck? Pacing in that game is shot to shit. <laughs> it is absolutely shot to shit. The pacing's <laughs> off. The level design's bad. Cutscenes But Matt, are it's awful. an official continuation of Aliens. Fox said so. It's canon now. Whoa. That it means should be it's shot out of a fucking cannon. <laughs> That's the thing, and it? it's like... This is a story worth telling, and we think the fans are going to love it. It isn't, though. And they didn't. It's like, well, if it's a story worth telling, they told it terribly. Oh, boy, did they. And it ain't a story worth telling. It's really poorly written, and really poorly performed, and <laughs> very... Po- the cutscenes are awful. They look worse than the gameplay. Yeah. Which I, I don't yeah. get. Yeah. I don't get. Almost like they've used the gameplay models for the cutscenes and not tried to brush them up or make them look shiny. Well, because their video playback, it's full of artifacting and shit and grainy. So, but it's on a fucking digital download. It's not on a DVD. I can understand for the 360 version because you have to fit that shit on a DVD, but we're talking about the PS3 version. Yeah. Do what Final Fantasy Thirteen did and have the... Because it was on a Blu-ray. They had, all the cutscenes were high res. They were fucked on the, on the 360 <laughs> version because they had to fit it on like three DVDs. Yeah. But on the, 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 the on the PS3 and on the Xbox One version that's just come out, they look fucking great. Um... But yeah, uh, ba- bad. It's bad. It's and it's bad because it's bad. Right. Uh, let, did you see the end of? I, I didn't catch the end. Spoiler alert for a six-year-old game. Yeah, something like that. Hit so, me up, bad boy. Aliens, Clone Marines. So it takes place after Aliens. It takes, so a second, oh. a second fleet of Marines is sent in to investigate oh, 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 oh. LV. What's it called? Again? LV four twenty six. LV four twenty six uh, so, from Aliens. So. And find out what happened to the marine team that was on there. Real quick, I'm going to run down. Some at of least, the, at least that's what you think. Run down some of the some of the plot, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, the reveal he's is got his run down some of the plot hat on, guys. Yeah. Uh, the reveal is that the Salako, which is the ship that the marines, which is the ship that the marines arrive on in Aliens, is the ship from Aliens. Yeah. Is was thought was last seen over Fury One Six One, and an EV was ejected. That's Alien Three. Yeah. That's Ripley and Newt and. Who we think is Hicks. Yeah. Who it later turns out isn't Hicks, but we'll get to that. Oh, Christ. Have been jettisoned onto the Fury 161. And Alien 3 happens. Yeah, so Alien 3 is not Alien 3 wiped. happens. This isn't a, this is the new canon. This is, oh, this happened alongside the quadrilogy. Yes. After that, <laughs> so after the ship drops off the Eevee and Fury 161, where Linjitania intercepts the Salako, takes it back into orbit around LV-426. Right. Then they create a new laboratory on the surface and in the ship researching xenomorphs. Okay. Because that goes so well. 
So they've um, gone, that didn't work, let's do it again, and we'll yes. use the same spaceship. And a lot of this I've had to look up because you only find it out in DLC. Oh, for Christ. Which, 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 uh, you fills, are not playing. <laughs> no, which fills the gaps from Hicks's point of view, because Hicks is a character in this game. Yeah, um, but he was on the escape Oh, no, chain. no, no. Turns out that he was, his, when the Salako <laughs> was intercepted, he was removed from his cryopod and he managed to stuff someone else back in there. An escape. So they intercepted the Salako whilst Ripley's putting everybody in their pot. While while she's strapping Newt in and kissing a good night or whatever, they've come in and gone. Must have been. Let's take Hicks out of the pot and put this near identical corpse in here. I'm not clear on the chronology of it, but uh, they thought they they thought they were making aliens fans' dreams come true by rewriting Hicks's fate from Alien Three, weren't they? Because Aliens ends with. Hicks and Newt and Ripley going off in that thing, and then yeah. Alien Three begins with it crashing, and only Ripley survives. Only Ripley survives, and, and she's dead. And people were really annoyed because they were like, "We like those characters. Why would you do that?" Yeah. So this is Fox and and the studio going. I know what will make gamers gamers and fans of Alien feel better. We'll prove that Hicks actually did survive. Fuck Newt. Nick's at Nick's. Nick's. Stevie Nick's. Stevie Nick's survived. Survive. She survived the events of Alien 3. She's fucking singing away, wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, this game's bad. Um, anyway, so, okay. yeah, the chronology of it doesn't make any sense. They, you they play Colonial Marine, Lindsay Buckingham. And then, so, at the start of the game, you go onto that ship, and then the shit starts going down, so you get back onto your original ship. Right. No, you can't get back onto your original ship. Yeah. So, this is the first couple of missions. It's already getting too fucking convoluted. Jesus then Whale and Jutani PMCs turn up, and you're fighting them and aliens trying to get off this ship. So, why Whale and Jutani fighting you? If they've sent you down there to deal with it, Because why they, they haven't. Oh. You're the rescue, you're the Colonial Marines rescue mission for the overdue team. Right, so you are... So Colonial, Mar- Colonial Marines are separate from when you... This is you, set when about Titanic, 17 yeah. weeks after the events of Aliens. So the Colonial so Marines organisation have gone, yeah. In, Our guys never time. came back. Yeah. Let's go find out what happened. you in the movie, it's like, it's going to be like 16 weeks before they declare us overdue and send someone out to come get us. So they're using the movie as a basis yeah. to tell the yeah. quote-unquote story. Yes. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. And, anyway, your ship gets, gets scuppered because the Salako... Is, fire, is under the control of Will and Yutani and they fire on your ship and you end up having to stay on the Salako but then the Salako is going down so you have to evacuate the Salako and go down the surface of the planet I don't know why the Salako is going down but it is <laughs> anyway so you end up marooned on the surface of the planet and then you're in the colony from aliens despite the fact that it was in the centre of or near the centre of a giant thermonuclear explosion that was visible from the upper atmosphere if not space <laughs> but it's still remarkably in one piece in the bar sign the illuminated neon bar sign is still on Jeez. like operations is still mostly there medical is still mostly there including the room where uh, Ripley and Newt were attacked by facehuggers that stuff's still there so um, it survived not because it's like some form of a special material or anything like that not because the it blast survived through the power of fan service yeah it yeah. survived to be fan service yeah I mean it's, it's dilapidated a, fa- a fan wank shield and surrounded the colony there are holes blown where there were no holes before yeah but it's still mostly there <laughs> and then and you can see in the in the distance you can see the sort of still glowing hot ruins of the atmosphere processes that blew up yeah and yet there's still still still, still all here um, <laughs> but this thing was a shit um, atmosphere yes. explosion um, and yeah you fuck about with aliens in the colony for like four missions for no reason and then you finally get everyone back together and you're like oh well they've got a marine captured and we need to know who he is because that's who managed to get uh, that's who 
because they've got this marine from this other team captive, that's how they managed to commandeer the ships. So the so the game's already suggesting someone from that team survived, and, and you're going to find out who it is. And they, they so, may so you, have turned traitor. So you're obviously thinking, <clears throat> so it's somebody who went down there pre-mission. You're not thinking anything because or... the game is not explaining any of this to you. Oh, they just like they've got a marine. You've got to go get that marine back. Um, and also one of you's been implanted. So, so try and see if you can save her while you're at it. Because where well, the Jitani's got a lab on this planet. What, what? What? When did that become information that you get? You don't know until you're told. But then it's it, they act like you've already known that. So, but you didn't. Oh, you, well, you didn't already. You didn't already know that. Oh, as a player. Oh, but it seems like the characters did, <laughs> or at least some of the characters did. And then, so you go to this lab, and then you spend like four missions where the objective is like free the captive marine, free the captive marine for four solid fucking missions because it keeps throwing different things in your way. And it's like, save oh, the captive for marine. Sake. Can, is, is this the mission where I saved the captain? No. Is this... No. no. Is this... No. no. <laughs> you finally catch him. Well, yeah. the captain marine. The captain marine. <laughs> In a jerky cutscene, the, the, they reveal that it's Hicks. It's like, oh, this is, it's Hicks. And it sounds like Michael Bean's really bored. Like, they got him into the studio. I'm for... Corporal Hicks. I yeah. survived the way on Yutani. I've yeah. been keeping hold of me. This is also why Lance Henriksen is there. I imagine still half-arsing it, but still sounding like he gives Lance it a bit Henriksen, more of shit. He can half-arse anything and he sounds great, so... And Bishop is meant to be kind of slightly... Yeah. ...calm and He's not just monotonous. like Bishop. Oh! <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Wait, this so... is they tie it into Alien 3 as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the... The DLC... So the, it's canon. The DLC that fits in Hicks' story ends with him getting... To, well, it doesn't end with it. It, 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 see, it features him getting to the prison in Alien 3 just in time to see Ripley kill herself. And so Hicks is there. He's trying to get there and he oh arrives too late. And then he ends up back captured for wherever this game takes place. So he's already seen that when you, when you, oh. when you pick him up in this game. <laughs> So he so did. Alien so he 3. did make it to the bloody planet in Alien Three, yeah, but from and then was brought ship. back. Yeah, because what the hell? oh right, okay. So because it turns out, so you know, at the end of Alien Three, there's the there's the bishop who's not an android. Yeah. Although he, it depends depending on which cut of it he either is or he isn't, depending on which cut of it that you're watching. Yeah. Um, either way, he's there representing the head of Wayland Utah. Yeah, and he tries to convince Either because he is or him. because he's representing um, them. And yeah. he's like, yo, we can take it out of you. We can take the embryo out of you. This game establishes that you can't do that. If you take the embryo out of someone, then the uh, leftover biological material will act like cancer and kill them anyway. Um, which sort of makes sense in Resurrection because Resurrection set like what a hundred odd years after Alien 3 and so it's... she's kind of hybridised anyway yeah well, so... well they've been processing it for ages yeah. and she's, she's the eighth Ripley that they've managed to bring and back. also Resurrection is nonsense so don't worry about anything and that making sense who it's you... great fun but it's who nonsense. are you expecting Santa, Santa Claus um <laughs> so fucking you're so... oh god right um so Alien 3 has happened so the end of Alien 3 that the the quote unquote Michael Wayland Yarb. has failed to get Ripley back and the thing, but he's still got Hicks imprisoned okay. under, under, under custody. Um, you don't know any of this in the game yet. <laughs> anyway, you get Hicks back, and you and Wayland Yutani starts evacuating because surprise, surprise, the captive queen has broken loose and. Um, the fucking the lab's going to shit. Also, this new lab is built around the derelict shit from Alien and Aliens, so you Aye. get that bit of fan service as well. 
Um, to the point where if you go into the room, like the the, the, the cockpit where the pilot is in the in the thing, and you shoot the head of the what we now know is an engineer, then you see like this holographic display of something that looks vaguely like the ship you're on getting shot down by something that could also be maybe an engineer ship, but it's just like a three second loop that is the models are glowing, so it's look like so it's supposed to look like it's a hologram, but they're clearly solid models okay. with lighting applied. Yeah, so it doesn't work. Uh, very well Christ. Um, so they try to fit they try to fit it in with Prometheus as well um, and also there's one of the mapping drones from Prometheus is wandering around the ship even though it's not the same ship okay. it could be yeah. a different drone and it's just a visual callback but... well Prometheus is set several like decades before the events of these About movies 40, 50 years yeah but the ship that's on LV-426 Oh, been there for centuries. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't... People have tried to work it out. It doesn't work. Don't don't worry about it. Um, Anyway, you get off the planet because the last last FTL ship is about to leave. So you manage to get onto that and your your grinding officer sacrifices himself by pushing the queen out of an airlock with the... With the because inevitably ship. you fight a queen. Well, you fight a queen. What you actually do is you run around a hangar bay um, hiding from the queen, pressing a series of switches until you get her into the right place, and then you press another switch and she flies out of the thing. So again, airlock fighting the queen. Yeah, because we can't come up with anything new. Even nope. the alien films didn't come up with a nope. new thing for that. Nope. And it's a, how do you feed the first scene off? It's in space. How do you feed the queen? The second one. It's in space. Hangar baby. How do you kill the newborn in the fourth one? Uh, it's in space. Albeit in a visually more creative way. That, but see, this is before you leave <laughs> atmosphere. To be fair, so I, I assume she splashes on the ground. Um, because the idea based got... on what what the queen on Earth could do in AVP, that's not going to damage her that well, much. You run a time limit because you've got to get her out of the air because you've rammed the ship with your. Drop oh, right, ship. So there's the challenge. The time yeah. limit's the but challenge. I, I didn't see any actual indication of the time limit. Oh, so <laughs> never mind then. Um, that would require the AI to be really good. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> which it... I know it definitely is in this game, right? The AI is really good, right? All of a sudden, it's like. <laughs> Right, we're going to go after Michael Whalen because this is Michael Whalen's ship. And yeah. we're going to get him to tell us everything he knows so we can get Whalen Jutani and, and, and make all this public and make, make him pay. And they're like, okay. And then they go and Michael Whalen's there all of a sudden. And it's like, it's like, no, don't kill me. Don't kill me. I'll tell you whatever you want to know because one of the guys on your team is like, I'm going to kill you because Bella died because one of those things was enough and I couldn't save her, so I'm going to kill you instead. And, and all of you are all of you are going... No, don't kill him. We need him well, to expose this shit. Your character's like, no, 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 don't kill him. And then Hicks is like, no, fucking kill him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> anyway, you talk this guy down, and then Hicks kills him anyway. Oh. Um, and he's an android. Woo! Oh, mince. So then... Um, but his ear bleeds red, but then his head bleeds white. Because okay. he gets shot in the head, and it's all white. And then your bishop android, mm-hmm. who's also surviving, is with you. Yeah. He's like... Uh, we might be able to rescue some data from him if he's an android, so all is not lost. Right. Then, I thought you were going to say, your bishop android's like, ha ha! Uh, I'm, I'm the real Michael Whalen. Um, so and put, then they just shoot him. So they plug him in, and then they get he gets all the data, and he's like, what did you get? And bishop's like, we got everything. And then the game ends. So, so, we get, <laughs> wait. so the game ends with the Colonial Marine faction basically yeah. having all the information they can now use to publicly out Whalen due to all of that story is in a three minute cutscene after this hangar fight. Uh, 
which suggests to me whoever wrote the script for this wrote it but has no sense of pacing. No, because like, the pacing is awful. This this feels like a story that needs like at least a sort of like five to ten minute end cutscene to wrap up the loose ends and, and do this, that and the other and make it be like a Oh no! Okay. Oh, oh. Do you know what? I like, oh, I like the way they end. And instead, it's mm. a lot it's happens in so three minutes because they've got no sense of pacing. Yeah. It's not. Oh, right. So it's bad. On a, on a pure sort of like just sort of present presentation level, um, it's poor. It's yeah. It's, it's a piss it's poor. a piss poor story told by people who tell stories in a piss poor way. Yes. Then there's the technical side of it, which all. is another thing entirely. It's a mess. It's pretty, and a lot, you know. Yeah, we are not, we are not unused to the idea of of video game tie-ins and movie franchises being technically poor because a lot of the time they're slapped together to try and get oh, out of yeah. time for a film. I mean, this but... is this is belongs in that unforgivable camp of this isn't to coincide with the release of a film. No, this is a continuation of the film franchise. So this has the film's legacy attached to it, and some of those projects can be great. Have been really good. I mean, we're gonna some get we're gonna get into some of them as well, but some yeah, not so much. Not so much. This one is a stinker. But now that's out of the way, that's what inspired me to get to this <laughs> fucking topic. Well, they made me reach back in my memory hole. The one you said, yes. Shall we talk about? And I was like, oh, oh my movie. god! I realised I've played so many video game movie tie-ins because some of them, some of them are just direct tie-ins to the movie, like they're video game versions of the movie. Mm-hmm. Some of those are terrible, some of them are really good. Some of them are tie-ins um, in that weird, in, in a tradition tradition for movie tie-in games over the years that began about five, six years ago, where the film, the, the game, is a sequel, an immediate sequel to the events of the film, Yes, but has the name and usually like the antagonist of the film in it, so that yeah. you can be like, oh, it's sort of that, but it's a new or, experience, I guess, kind of. Or the game is based on an earlier version of the script and so the final product bears almost no resemblance yeah. to the story of the film. Yeah, that also happens. Both of those we've just mentioned are superhero ones. I guess what guess which one it is. <laughs> um, so but give me give me some positivity, Chris. Tell me about your about ones that you like. So movie tie in games that you like that you've played or that you've heard of that are good. Well, this one's sort of cheating. This is a recent entry into it because because the thing is, it's a it is a thing that's dying out now. Movie tie-ins, at least yeah. at least immediate if, movie if tie-ins. If they do get them, they tend to be like cheap mobile cashing things, which is you know fine. It's a free little thing yeah. you play it and whatever. But um, this is a fairly recent one, and it's cheating a little because it was a cross pollination. It was a game based on a movie based on a game. The game is essentially a remake of the original game. The excuse for its existence was the movie, and both came out, and the game was critically acclaimed and was excellent. The film was fine because it mostly just used cutscenes from the I game and then had is, connecting tissue. Fine is probably a strong word from what I've seen of it. Yeah, I, uh, I had a, I had an okay time oh, I when I watched, watched it, the whole thing, but so. then I played the game and went, "No, this is better. Like this is this yes, is everything yes. in that minus a few scenes." And is better. And I've, I've got a girlfriend nagging me to play it because it is, of course, the PS4 Ratchet and Clank. It is! Which um, is Insomniac's, up until this September just gone, arguably was Insomniac's finest work. Yeah, it is a bit of a weird one, isn't mm, it? It's, it's a bit of a weird one, that. But the, but that, it, the, the, the game exists 
because of the film. It is a movie tie-in. It just happens to be that the movie is an adaptation of the first game and so this is basically a ground-up remake of the first game. And the film acknowledges it. The film <coughs> sort of makes jokes about the yeah. idea of, of retelling stories in a better way because <coughs> you've had a chance to think about it. As does the game. As does uh, the game. Yeah. The game makes uh, not-so-subtle and some more subtle allusions to the fact that it's a tie-in to a movie yes. based on a game. It's like, ah, oh, this is great because the film is just a straightforward narrative version of the story. The game is told through Quark in jail after the fact giving a yes. flashback yeah. um, so the game because it's a remake of the original you know spoils a big twist of the original game from the beginning <laughs> but that's fine because we all know it by this point and Late that character is, is more enjoyable because he's uh, you know he's obnoxious and, 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 and egotistical and stuff so it's like fine fine let's just give some excuse for new scenes but Ratchet and Clank the PS4 title is Amazing! It's an incredible platformer. It's got big sprawling worlds for each of its levels. The gadgets are insane. And the best part is the gadgets are a nice greatest hits of gadgets from throughout the franchise previous to this game. Yeah. Um, it's really, 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 really fun. I borrowed <laughs> it off my brother and I completed it in two days. Like, completed and platinumed it in two days because I just stayed up late playing it. I was like, I can't stop playing. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I kind of feel bad that platinumed it now because there's no real reason to go back to it. And then it was a PS Plus game. So I was like, great. Well, if I want to go back to it randomly, I could just play it on my PlayStation now as a download. Fantastic. But uh, that, Ratchet & Clank is phenomenal because it's just an excellent game that happens to be released to coincide with a theatrical release of a movie based on that franchise. Um, and I think that's how you should do it. <laughs> like if you're going to release a game to coincide with a movie coming out, make sure that the game is its own beast, yep. but it just shares the name of the film or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, do that. Because that can work. Usually. Yeah. What about you, sir? What movie tying game have you played where you've gone, do you know what? I actually dug the shit out of that. Well, I think there's a couple we can talk about. Oh, there's quite a few. I mean, um, you want to go old school, Mother Trucker? Yeah. Um, the well, Sam Raimi Spider-Man games. Oh, God. Well... Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Spidey 3 was a rush job. Yeah. Utilising Spidey 2's engine, not quite upgrading it enough to be justifiable as a PS3 title, even though it was a PS2 and PS3 title. Yeah, it was. It was. It came out at that time when the new platforms had just launched, so it was It was a cross-platform. Yeah. It was PS2, PS... It came out on everything. PS2, and PS3, The difference was, I think, PS2 got a, a lizard section in the sewers, like where you actually met the lizard. And the PS3 version, I think, got Craven the Hunter. Yes. So it was this whole thing of, if you got it on the old generation, don't worry, you're getting something exclusive. If you got it on the new generation, don't worry, you're getting something exclusive. It's like, right, hang on, they what? Activision did that a lot with the Marvel against Spider-Man games, particularly. Like, yeah. there was 16 versions of Web of Shadows or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's good. And still, and still yeah. no trophies to this day. Um, yeah. Which sort of, like, as a, as a little whore for that thing, it makes me less... Like you get to replay it immediately because I'm like yeah. I kind of want to replay it and get some get some trophies while I'm at it. But whatever's Trebs. I think um, Spider-Man video movie video games have, have, have been quite good in general because you quite enjoyed the amazing ones, didn't you? I I had fun with the amazing, specifically the Vita version because I was some I was amazed at what fit on oh, it, it works. on a handheld yeah. version. Like yeah. it was it was just the PS3 game graphically downscaled. That was the only difference. It was like oh my god, this is. This is phenomenal. The size of this on a Vita cartridge. Yeah. This is not. 
but it had oh god it has problems like the comic book collectibles 500 to 700 like of these freaking comics which you can only know you know only know are out there because you can sort of hear this little faint tinkling sound <laughs> and you sort of like do this sort of very brief slow motion thing you can do where you focus your next web zip yeah and it's oh god obnoxious but not too terrible amazing spider-man 2 for ps4 is a god-awful game but it's got the best looking before insomniac spider-man model like they took care with every spidey every costume like yeah, he, he looks yeah. glorious in it yeah um and had uh, uh, until i learned the insomniac method to the point where it's like instinctive to me now um it had the best <laughs> web swinging for my money up to that point because it operated on the okay. logic everyone always goes oh spider-man 2 was the peak of it it's like no, <laughs> spider-man 2 was just probably the best spider-man <laughs> game overall there have been good Spider-Man games since Spider-Man 2, guys. Yeah, I would yeah. argue that Shattered Dimensions was, prior to Insomniac's PS4 Spider-Man, the best Spider-Man game. Mm. Even though it was a linear, non-open world thing, it was just the best in terms of the variety, the pacing, the levels, the script. Like, yeah. The look yeah, of it. Yeah. It, was, it was really good. Um, but Amazing Spider-Man 2 had really good swinging. It used the R2 and L2 triggers of the PS4, so the back left and right triggers of the Xbox um, One as it's web swinging. Like, each one was your wrist, was your web shooter. So if you want to swing left, you could use the right trigger, but you're probably not going to get a proper arc. If you use the left trigger, you're going left and you can swing right, right. It was a really nice way to sort of get the momentum of swinging around the building. That's pretty cool. If you use them both at the same time, you did the web zip, like, two-line pull yourself forward thing. It was like, oh, this works. Insomniac... Insomniac blows it out of the water, like, in retrospect. Yeah. From, yeah. Even though it took me, like, a good three or four hours of first playing it to get it. And it was like, I don't understand <laughs> what I'm doing! I'm really confused! And now I'm like, now I can go from one end of Manhattan to the other in ten minutes. I'm like, yeah! Bring it on! No. Um, but yeah. But Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man the movie, especially, a lot of fun. Especially because Spider-Man the movie was the story of the film with extra stuff in... And if you completed it in hard mode, you unlock the Goblin alternate version. Yeah, where it's the same. It's the same levels, Which of course but new I never voice did. performance. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm sure there's a cheat mode to do it. I'm sure there's a cheat mode. We'll have to find your infamous PS2 cheat book just to mm. double check. But um, there's a cheat mode. Where basically, you're playing as Harry using your dad's equipment to find out what the hell was going on. And there's an imposter who's behind the company stuff who's taken the Goblin's equipment. So it's an implied kind of Hobgoblin-esque scenario um, who then fills in for the Goblin for the two levels where the Goblin's the enemy. Yes. It's like the voice is different. You're like, the hell's going on? But it was a whole new control set. Like, you weren't swinging around just looking like the Goblin. You were on a glider and you threw bombs. And it's like, (laughs) this is amazing. Like, your bonus for completing the whole thing on hard difficulty is a completely new character. This is great! So it was a sort of way of them giving you a pseudo-sequel to Spider-Man the movie. Um, I really dug it. I, I enjoyed them too. Spider-Man 3 was full of um, quick-time reaction bullshit. Oh, though. yeah. Yeah, there's that. Mm. It, was, it was around the time bad QTs bad bad. were really becoming a thing. Um, Those little hard things! There was one I played briefly, but I don't have any more. I'd love to get a whole dumb copy. It's generally very, very well regarded, including by the by the director of the movie that it's a sequel to. I think I know what this is. And that's PS2 title, it's right? A PS2. Yeah. Sequel 
to, to John Carpenter's The, the thing. thing. Yes, I used to have it and played quite a good chunk of it, but it's the one that fuck me that game's hard. It was the one that relied on trust, wasn't it? There was yeah, like, oh, trust you, had to, you had to do trust mechanic uh, <laughs> with your uh, with your squad. Because you, 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 you were playing a new team sent in. Let's see if I get this right. You're playing a new team who was sent in to investigate. Oh my god, it's Colonial Marines! Yeah. To investigate what happened yeah. in the first one and to see if there are any survivors in the base because you've not heard back. And eventually you bump into Kurt Russell, don't you? Kurt Russell appears in it. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it's Kurt Russell doing the voice. Doing the but voice, yeah, but his but character McCre- turns McCready. Up. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. Oh, okay. Well, you also stumble across Childs' body at the start of the game. Oh! So you find right. out the child's died, presumably of exposure, but McCready survived. And of course, if Childs was the thing, then it would have been dead and frozen or whatever. Yeah. The thing. So. But so it's implying that McCready's the thing, then, I'm guessing. No, I don't think or, so. Or that it's just still there somewhere and he survived and. No, I, think you, I don't think you meet McCready until near the end. Oh, okay. So it's more of a. And twist reveal. I think so. He's been watching over you the whole time. Yes, I don't think they try and insinuate these, but I never got that far. So I'm not sure. I'd like to see what the sort of mutations would look like in that game. But that's a great again, that's a great idea. It's taking place the release of the game and the development of the game is years after it. But it's basically an immediate sequel, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's made by people who obviously love it. Army of Darkness and the Evil Dead franchise had a similar thing. It has two separate continuities yes. on PlayStation. There's yes. a PlayStation game that pretends Evil the Dead events resurrected. Yeah, the, well there's there's or hang on. No, there's three. Right, hang on. So the PS3 title, if I remember correctly, is set in a world where the end of number two didn't involve a portal. Yeah. And Ash went home and then he has to go back to the cabin because the Deadites kidnap his girlfriend, essentially. Yeah. And take Because they're trying to lure him back to kill him. And it's like, if the Deadites can do that, why don't they just kill him? <laughs> like, why do they have to go for the damsel in distress thing? So, it doesn't make any sense. Got... Evil Dead Hail to the King. That's the PS1 title. PlayStation Dreamcast and PC. Yeah, that's the, the one where it's just him above the logo with the chainsaw. and Yeah, re- yeah, yeah. That's uh, the PS1 title. Evil yeah. Dead, A Fistful of Boomstick. That's the, PS- the PS2 and Xbox One. Xbox One. And that, uh, that's the one where it's a continuation after Army of Darkness and you're in a small town and it gets overrun by deadites and there's all this shit going on. Yes. And, and then, then there's Evil Dead Resurrection. Regeneration. Regeneration. Which is an alternate story set after the events mm-hmm. of, I think, number two, where Ash is locked up in an asylum for having killed his friends. Yeah. And Deadite shit goes down in this asylum, and it's about you getting out of there with all this stuff going on. And you also have a weird little midget mutant sidekick. Yes. Yeah, because what the fuck? So there's three <laughs> Evil Dead continuities. Uh, voiced by from- Ted Raimi. Of course. <laughs> um, and Bruce Campbell is Ash in all three of these games yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, one of the best things about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie games is the voice of the tutorials that would deride you he loves and it. insult you. He loves that shit. A role he reprised in The Amazing Spider-Man on PS3. There's a there's a yeah. there's a chat there's a guy who you face off against who does stunts or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, in, in a blimp, and you have to do these swinging challenges. Uh, it might be an Amazing Spider-Man 2, actually, on yes. PS4. But Bruce Campbell voices this character, and it was obviously them going, oh, people loved that, let's put him back in. It's yeah. like, it's not the same, though, is it? It's no. not a Sam Raimi pro- project. But yeah, so the Evil Dead carried on three ways. 
This shows that the Colonial Marines thing can work. Yeah. Because both think these of... Evil Dead ones and the thing are properties revisited later by fans who want to retell the story. Yeah. The best Alien game to date, arguably, is the Alien same Isolation. thing. Alien Isolation. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same thing. It's it's people who love it going, we're not just going to retell the movie. Although then the DLC is basically a retelling of but, but the movie. But then there's also... But we're going to continue the story of Alien from a different character's perspe- perspective coming into it after... Yeah. Which also ties into stuff we learn at the beginning of Aliens. Yes. And it's like, this is great. Uh, and also... They... And is now continuing in a mobile game. And and comics. Yeah, uh, but, but a Ripley, mobile game. The Amanda Ripley They need character. to make an announcement and say, look, there's going to be more of this story on a big console game at some point. Yes. We promise. But yes. right now, here's a mobile game and here's the comics. Like, enjoy them. The, the, uh, some really cool action figures based on that Xenomorph. The Amanda Ripley... Which sell out really quickly. I always wanted one. Uh, it's yes. so tall it's like this big because he's got those weird like goat legs that it's got in the game like extended ankles and everything um, yeah, the yeah. Amanda Ripley uh, character <laughs> has popped up in the Alien comics from Dark Horse by Brian Wood yeah so she's become a recurring character in those um, so Alien Isolation superb superb game superb because it takes it takes the the tension of that first movie and the idea that this thing could be loose in the ship and not only that all you've got is that the, bloop, bloop, the alien bloop sort of track where yes. it is roughly, and it can kill you at any. The moment it sees you, you're dead. Like you might be able to just about get away from it in some circumstances, yeah. but basically, the moment it sees you, you're dead. Yeah. Which is great because it doesn't turn them into a bunch of limp, like wet noodles that you shoot and kill. Yeah. Obviously, a sequel to Aliens or a game based on Aliens has to do that because Aliens is the action film with a horror prism. Yes. But, you know, even in Aliens, they make a point of, yeah, these guys aren't easily killed. So the fact that they are in the games is really weird. Yes. It's really strange that they're so easy to kill in the games. Um, That's what the AVP games did. Like, you had to be a predator to kill an alien. Yeah. (laughs) And even then, like, it was tough. Like, only certain weapons would do it. And the AVP games are one of those, they're, they're tangentially movie games. Well, yeah, because the movie movie came after. Yeah. But then... But they're not... They're based on movie franchises. Yeah. And then there was AVP games after the movies, yes. specifically the PlayStation 3 AV, Aliens and Predator. Is, which isn't terrible. There is an AVP Requiem game for PSP. PSP. I've got that one and as there well. And there's a weird sort of spate of, <laughs> of like PSP-exclusive movie tie-in games that were obviously very, very cheap. Well, I didn't know this existed until I saw it at your place you, the other week. Yes, you've come across a few of them. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man PSP. 2, which is a different game. It's yeah. not a downscale of the PS2 game. Because I was like, wait, that exists? It's bad. Because I, But that means there are three PSP-related Spider-Man Spider-Man but there were also themes. there were also GBA and DS versions for the appropriate ones as well. So oh, yeah, there are like yeah. sort of handheld separate. Because that versions. was a thing too as well. Um, but there's also uh, 300 March to Glory, <laughs> which is a sort of God of War rip off that's a 300 movie tie-in. Yeah, but it's only on PSP. Okay. Get the Ghost Rider, the first Ghost Rider movie, got a tie-in game on PSP. That was a PSP and game. Only on PSP. That was a, that was a hack and slash sort of yeah. affair, wasn't I it? I think it was yeah. only on PSP anyway. Um, but yeah, it's like weird. There's just a, a bunch of weird Dragon Ball Evolution. The oh, tie, oh, the tie game, game for that movie Ugh. is a PSP exclusive. Surprised that anything acknowledges it's the like, existence of that movie. What the fuck is happening? Um, yeah, it's just really, really strange um, that those they would only get those adaptations. Um, Green Lantern got a couple of different ones. It got, they got they got mm. Rising of Manhunters had the Green Lantern was the title was the tie in for the Green Lantern movie, 
but it got two different versions, one for PS3 and Xbox 360, one for Wii, Wii DS and 3DS. And I guess the Wii styles. one was an animated start, art style. Because that's like happening. Ghostbusters! Ghostbusters. The 2009, let's face it, actual Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, it's it takes great. place. It takes place it's shortly really after number two. And um, it's all the original cast reprising their roles that, yep. who appear in it, like the characters who appear in it. You don't you don't get um, Dana and Lewis and stuff, but you get the four Ghostbusters. You get Janine. Uh, you get Walter Peck, who is reprised. Like they're all <laughs> reprising their roles. Um, you get freaking um, oh my god, what's his name? Max von Sydow as Vigo. Yeah, the Carpathian, because the portrait is in the firehouse, and if you go and bother it, it talks to you. Yes, that's <laughs> it's great because he's like spouting Vigo esque, like sort of big biblical "I will destroy everything" sort of dialogue, and then every now and again, it will just sort of ask if you could scratch his nose <laughs> because he's been there so long that he's kind of grown accustomed to just being kept in that firehouse. Yep, it's like this I love is it. great. I love it. Um, that game is amazing. So it's a first. It's, it's a third person shooter. Where the Ghostbusters essentially need to take someone on because there has been a rise in everything lately. So they need an extra pair of hands because they're planning... They're finally planning to franchise. But the way they're going to do it is train some people to look after New York before they set up elsewhere. Yeah. So it's it's tying into ideas of like scripts that did the rounds for ages for a sequel. It's written by... I can't remember who it's written by, but they're comedy writers. And it was approved and overseen by Aykroyd and Ramis during the script writing development yes. and Ivan Reitman so they would go over and be like okay it was understood there was obviously going to be some fan servicey stuff it's like returning to certain locations certain ghosts featuring in it yeah but they are 10% of the product that you get when you play it like because it, it, the whole main plot revolves around um, uh Oh, Got, I, uh, Ivan Shando or Shandor yes trying to bring was, forth Goza he was the biggest worshipper of Goza yeah. and he was the one who like wrote all the texts and stuff about Goza so he's resurfacing and he like possesses the mare and stuff um, and so there's all that there's a, a suggestion that Dana and Peter are are officially like she's gone right piss off and leave me alone now yeah. um, Bill Murray's delivering all of his lines in a slightly I can't be our sort of way but every now and again, he says something where you go, oh my God, he improv that and they've kept it in. Because <laughs> there's a little bit more life in it. Yeah. But he's also written so well that half-assed Bill Murray doesn't sound like terrible Venkman. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the character's written so well that it's like, that's something Venkman would say. It's just up against the other three doing their lines. It's like, yeah, he's phoning it in a little bit here. Mm, Whereas Ackroyd, Ramis, and... Um, and uh, oh my God, he's my favourite. Hudson. Yeah. Are... It's just so lovely. And again, like, Winston doesn't show up to, like, level four. Like, sort of a good hour and a half, hour and no, 45 yeah, minutes into the game. And that's great, though, because it's sort of like a... <sighs> this is meant to be my week off. The hell is going on? He's <laughs> like, yes, it's Winston! Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Annie Potts and Janine, great. It's, it's so good. It looks great as well. It's aged so well, because it's yeah. from, like... Early PS3, yeah, like three years in, it's 2009. Yeah, it's so like two, yeah, three years yeah. in, and it's aged so well. I'm so surprised they haven't done an upscaled re-release on PlayStation Now. That'd be a licensing yeah. thing. Oh, it's Sony. Like they yeah, own it, they could, they I, I could figure it out somewhere. I don't know, I don't know. I think Activision published it, didn't they? 
Uh, they did. So that'll be what it is. Oh, I'm sure there's a way to do it somewhere. There's got to be. You can't buy Activision, Chris. If no. they make record profits, they'll just lay off people. You can't but buy them. Activision have made no money is enough. Ghostbusters games since, and they've all been shit. It's because. Because <laughs> they oh. need more money. Um, but if you want Ghostbusters 3 before Ghostbusters 3 comes out next year, mm. go play the 2009 game Ghostbusters the video game. It's an original story. It's really good. It's got fan service. It's damn great. Um, The MCU. <laughs> Yeah, now they have... They had a bunch. They had a bunch, but they've not necessarily been great. Now, no, I, no, no, I, no, no, no. They been I great. played two of them, one yeah. properly, one demoed. Um, the one I played properly was Iron Man. Which is... For the Nintendo Wii. Oh, God, no, that's not the good one. No. I mean, it's not... Oh, it's no, not it wasn't. It's not great on any platform, but I played a bit of the Xbox 360 version. It's fine it was pr- it was peak nintendo wii hey you don't have to do motion stuff do this yeah period but it wasn't them being self-aware and going just turn the remote sideways and have some basic controls Play they weren't like they weren't the quite there game. yet it was hold the remote on your left hand nunchuck in the right i like that setup but there would be motion bits in eh, it I don't mind where you'd that suddenly much. be using it as a remote yet still having to use buttons on that to do other actions. It became a pat-your-head, rub-your-tummy kind of thing. It was it was I only like a bit later that they kind of refined that with some of the platformers and, yes. and adventure games. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, no. Flying was difficult and shit. <laughs> um, and the only other one I played from the MCU ooh, excuse me, was um, some of Captain America... Um, what was it uh, called? Super Soldier. Super Soldier. Yeah, yeah in HMV in the Trafford Centre. Because it was because they had those nice demo banks yeah, for a yeah. while. And I played it in there. And yet it was basically sort of not as good Arkham. Yeah. Yeah. I hear Thor God of Thunder was kinda like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, the only other one I, I'd both, heard okay things about. They were both Sega published. I don't know if it was Iron Man was too. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah Sega had the license for a while there. They did Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two. Yeah. Incredible Captain Hulk. America. I remember Incredible Hulk being described as a not as good, like almost Ultimate reskin of Incredible Hulk: yeah. Ultimate Destruction. Yeah, um, um, which was a great PS2 game. But they did them all up to Thor, mm. and then there was another game in development for for for, for Avengers with another studio that. Got oh yeah, because they did some Super Soldier, the last one to come out. Yeah, but it and wasn't a direct they... tie-in. No, it, it was an Avengers game because you were fighting scrolls in yeah. its first person. But that never ended. That would get ended up getting cancelled. Yeah. Uh, but then that's it. That's been it for the MCU. There's been a couple of mobile titles. Like Iron Man Three got a mobile game. Yeah. Around um, that time that was happening, I, I played the Dark Knight Rises on my iPhone. Yeah. Which was a semi-open world Batman game that didn't quite work. It was. It was again at that point where they'd realised that yeah. with the touch screen you could have basically a controller in the bottom left and right corners of yes. your screen, which was a great idea. That it was like, oh, so you do that and you can move, and you do that and that's your buttons. Yeah, yeah. great, fantastic. But I want to. I I'll just play. I'll like control. I'll play this at a console, guys. Yeah. Um, you can get an Uya. Do it on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um... <laughs> but was that, that was it then for the MCU yeah apart from yeah after that it's just visual nods in other games based yeah. on the properties yeah. so and, like Disney and, Infinity and, and the Telltale Guardian series and stuff where they just use yeah. visual cues I guess Disney Infinity the films uh, no Disney Infinity doesn't even adapt any of the films straight up it's, it's, it's own sort it's of more, it's more character it? designs yeah. that, that um, uh, pop up 
Uh, what else? Would I... Oh, I was going to say, yes. Um, the Dark Knight nearly got a game. It, it did. Was this was around the same time as a Daredevil game being in development. Yes. Because there was a couple sort of no, like, oh, no, these sound like they're going to be amazing. PS2. Oh, was that and earlier? they couldn't get that nah. right because that was it wasn't to tie in with it was in the wake of the Affleck movie. Yeah, it was it, the game um, was I think meant. Oh yeah, the, ah yes, the game was meant to come out around yes. like two thousand five, two thousand six. Yes, and they couldn't get it they after Daredevil, get it after Electra and Daredevil had become a bit of a Blu-ray hit. Like yeah, people were like, yeah. this is kind of fun. But um, the Dark Knight game. <laughs> and was then in... Good Superhero movie started in two thousand eight, and everyone went, oh, Ooh, dear. oh no, this this um, this is what because we did be get a Batman Begins game. We did for PS2, it was, yeah. It was all right. I played some of the GameCube version. It, it was. It was very. It was very brown. Yeah, it was brown. It's very brown. Very short. Yeah. Uh, because Ooh. of the nature of that story, it was pinched having, off. It was pinched. Yeah, off. just a little bit. Uh, yeah, there was like two levels where you were Bruce Wayne. Yeah. In um in like like the, the first or whatever. The first I think level I is them. The, it might have been on a demo. I might be the first couple of levels is like training in with the monks in fucking. It's the first level. Or am I imagining this? Is the first level you fighting against some of the other like some of the other guys at the League of Shadows? I think it might be. In the you're in line for food and someone's like harassing someone else and you kind of step in a bit. It might be, and you know? it's just a scuffle with them, like and that because which I think is based on a scene in the film. It's when he's in the film. It's when he's in prison. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think in this it's like he's a keeper food yeah. and he just kind of starts a fight. I can, I'm, I can picture that for some reason. I never owned Possibly. the game, but Possibly. it might have been the demo. Yeah, I rented it. I played it for a little bit. Because you see, you see, boys and girls, back in the 2000s yeah. and before then... You could rent discs. You could, yeah. Or, or, or games companies would publish a disc with your magazine, and that would have samples on it. Unless you had a GameCube. Oh, yeah, there was that. Because you don't make those tiny discs. Because you can go on the free game section on the PS Store now, and, there are and some like, demos there's like there. three or four demos on it at one yeah. time. It's like... Oh, I I used to love my PlayStation magazine because of the demo. I think the like, demo I'd, I'd, read, a I'd read the articles you know? and I'd love it, but I loved having a disc that you could put in and sample things on. It was great. The demo's making a comeback, unless you're EA, in which case <laughs> you just charge people more to play the game early before it's finished. Early access, guys. How do I know I'll enjoy it? You don't. Look, pay 80 quid. People have been playing Anthem. People have finished Anthem already. It's not out until the 22nd, when, <laughs> and so it's not getting the day one patch. Yeah. Until the twenty second, so people have finished it before it's actually finished. Christ. And they paid for sports. that privilege. They don't know what they're doing. They they paid for that privilege. <laughs> um superhero tie-in games have been a mixed bag. I mean we talked about Spider Man before. Um the X Men movies got some tie in stuff. X three got a tie in, which was probably not good. <sighs> God, let's talk about the X Men games for a minute. X two um, Wolverine's X- Revenge. Now again, tangential. Yes. X two Wolverine's Revenge. The only tie in it had with the movies was the front cover of the game box. Yep. Front because... cover of the game box had X two. That's the title of the movie that's just come out. Wolverine's Revenge. Oh, it's a tie in. Oh, that's Hugh Jackman on the front. It's a comic book game. It has yeah. nothing to do with the movies. I think the menu has the cerebro style of the films. Like, yeah, it's, that's it's it takes a lot of visual cues from the movies. Um, but not in terms of characters or Wolverine's Weapon X story. Nope. Uh, Mark Hamill voices Wolverine in his one appearance as Wolverine. Yeah. does a pretty damn good job in it. Yeah. It was mostly fun because it had comic book heavy stuff. That was where I first learned of the Wendigo in Marvel. Yes, yeah, yeah. My first encounter with the, 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 the Marvel version of the Wendigo mythology and everything. Um, Colossus was in it and that was some really good stuff with him. Um... There was some really nice stuff with, like, I think Omega Red might have been in it, or Mr. Sinister. There was, like, basically some tangential Wolverine slash X-Men villains that weren't in the movies popped up in this. 
Um, I think this was half surprised that Cyber wasn't it. Yeah. Christ, that was a thing. Wasn't it? <laughs> um, but best of all, you could press R two and your claws would pop, <laughs> and you could press R two again and they'd retract. That was the coolest thing about it. And your fighting style changed based on whether you had the claws in or out. That's quite So good. You, he would be more of a brawler without them. And then when he had that them, he'd be slashing and leaping at people. Good. That was really cool. But then the spirit of that lived on. Yes. Because another X-Men movie got a tie-in game. Yes. Where the game was an adaptation of the film for about 10% of it. The other 90% was an extended hack and slash series of stories and well, missions and flashbacks. This is what I was talking about before. I think yeah. it was based on an earlier script. Yeah. it hits a lot of the same beats, but in such a different oh, yeah. way. Like, the end scenes are, there, are still there, including yeah. the end fight. The, the notorious There's a the middle bit fight. with the scuffle at the uh, the, the lumber mill sort yeah. of section with, with uh, Sabra Tweth. You spend some time in New Orleans. Yes. Yeah, there's a bit in Japan, isn't there? Isn't there? Um, I, think. I think there's Yakuza in New Orleans. Ah, okay. I could be wrong about that. It's been a while. We're talking about X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Um, if you want to play great. If you want to play X-Men X-Men if you you're aware of the movie X-Men Origins Wolverine, it's shite. It's awful. It's really bad. But if you got a PS3, pick up X-Men Origins Wolverine yeah. the game. It's really fun uh, it's it's proper sort of PS3 hack slash sort of stuff so the kind of game where eventually you're going to want to stick a podcast or an album on in the background because yeah, you're like yeah, this yeah. is repetitive this is repetitive but it's good fun it was 18 certificate tied yeah. into a 12A movie and he gets fucked up in that game it, the regeneration graphics like you get slashed up by yeah. things it's and Mortal you would Kombat see nine level you would shit. see metal yeah, that, yeah. it wasn't quite a skeleton but it was like a metal yeah. underlayer and then flesh that would kind of grow of. back over it Likeness of and voice of Hugh Jackman. Oh yeah. Um, likeness of and voice of. Um, oh my god, what's the actor's name? Lee Schreiber yep. as Sabretooth. Sabretooth gets more to do and is fleshed out a bit more. And they even suggest that his feral, uh, bestial part of his mutation taking over as time goes by. Yeah. So the game answers the whole. Why is he like that in X Men? But in this, he's a completely different style. It's like, yeah, because he's going to mutate over the next 30 years or whatever and become more feral and beast-like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, fine, okay. It still doesn't quite make sense. He doesn't understand how we got from Leah Schreiber to Tyler Mayne. But fine, the game made a go at it. You get to, for the sake of catharsis, in the final boss fight, beat the shit out of X-Men Origins Wolverine Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it, guys. Yeah. I guess it happens. Fun. Fight with Gambit in an alley, that's hilarious, because you actually do the slashing ladder thing, but it, yes. it looks less terrible in the video, okay? It's it's it's, <laughs> it's fun. It's, and some it's, of the characters get tied in as well. It's, it's a way nice. that... It's it's one of the good ways... That, that One of the good things that the video game medium lets you do mm. with movies is expand on them. And sometimes in the weirdest ways... Hit me, boyo. Let's talk about Super Star Wars. Right! Um... <laughs> Behind me, and by extension, me. Super The Empire Strikes Back and Super Return of the Jedi. Oh god, where's it gone? Somewhere in this room, you, nearby. The there it is. Here. There it is. I've got yeah. yeah I've got a PS Vita next to me with yeah. Super Star Wars loaded on. Yeah. I have a PS4 behind me with Super Star Wars loaded on. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the medium of sound. You hear that? That is an SNES cartridge for Super Marvel and Star Wars. I can't get past level two. No. I this is the second NES cartridge. This is the second SNES cartridge of this I've owned. Yes. Um, my mum stupidly, when we got a PlayStation in 1999, uh, got rid of my 
SNES and all the games to a charity shop. But Boo. she was like, well, you don't need them now, do you? You can play it on there. I went, Mum, even if even if that was how that worked, I'd need the games. You took the games away. <laughs> like, what is... So I suddenly went from having, like, 30 hand-me-down games from a neighbour for a SNES to having Worms Armageddon and Crash Team Racing, and that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like... No wonder Crash Team Racing is A, my favourite game, and B, the game I am best at. Mm-hmm. Because I basically oh, had yeah. to play yeah, it repeatedly for two years before I we then got more games. But um, I tracked this down when I got an SNES about five years ago. Um, because I was like, I want to replay it. Because I remembered it being my white whale. I yeah. never got past level one. Since, having, now... it, since having it on SNES again, um, on PS4 and PS Vita, on Vita, I have got past level two. Uh-huh. I can't get past the first couple minutes of level three. What Super is... Super Star Wars is so Tell difficult. Me. Tell me what level three is. Level three is inside the Jawa crawler. Yes. Inside it. Yes. Level two is outside it. Yes. This game takes forever to tell the story of Star Wars, Did the you, 1977 you have movie. You to climb up what is now a oh 200 foot tall Jawa sand crawler. With multiple exit, exit ports and ladders yeah. and wheels on the outside yeah. and separate body parts instead of just being one big triangle yes. with a treadmill underneath it. Yeah. Remember that bit from Star oh Wars where God. Luke traverses the inside of the sand crawler? Do you remember that bit from Star Wars where he casually walks from the farm to the sand crawler and fights 80,000 creatures yeah. on the way, including yeah. deadly quicksand scorpions with fire breath great, and womp rats that you cannot fucking bullseye in your T-16. A great mode 7 <laughs> sort of uh, fucking uh, sand, uh, land speeder section. Pseudo 3D nonsense. The Vita and PS4 version of this game um, break your right-hand joystick. It breaks it because the way you fire in this is with the right hand joystick, like Binding of Isaac style. Like you use that to really? aim. Mm. Mm. Really? Mm. Or you you can you can switch the controls around. I I disabled that, made it the X button, and um, made jump, circle, and stuff so that I could utilize the two at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Because this is a game where you have to keep fucking moving or you will die. <laughs> Um, Super Star Wars is like if Star Wars was being told by a kid who had a Luke Skywalker action figure and just a load of rubber animals from the zoo. But all of those animals want to kill you and shoot fire out of their face. It is that great sort of... It's got nothing to do with Star Wars. But fucking... um, Episode 1 got the same treatment on PS1. I loved that game. It's great. I but it, loved that game. But it adds loads game. of shit that isn't there. Yeah. Um, I lo- you know, I would f- if I could find that and play it again, I would happily play it again. Um, I have a soft spot for episode one because of the PS1 game. Yeah. Because if you left the pause menu, the, the, the start menu on long enough, it went to a music video that was clips from the film. And Jewel of the Fates. And Jewel of the Fates. Yeah. But, it, but with those audio things over the top of it, there's certain audio cues. Yes. That is a bonus track on the soundtrack re-release, which oh, I bought amazing. in 2012, amazing. whenever the 3D version of the film went to cinemas. Yeah. Um, it's a bonus track. It's called Jewel of the Fates Spoken Version, something like that. Oh, and it's, that's good. But So I listen to that now and I go, oh, I'm in a happy place because I'm playing episode one on my PS1 again. This is brilliant. But uh, Star Wars has had tons of adaptations of the film. The Lots of arcade ones. Oh, shut up, you. Lots of arcade Star Wars games. Uh, yeah. Arcade Club in Berry, they've got um, a bunch of Star Wars arcade games. They've got the original Pod Racer. Um, they haven't got Pod Racer. That was the that was they've the peak got... for the Star Wars arcade games. That was the peak. They've got it the original uh, Vector Graphics Star Wars. 
Okay. Um, where it's the Death Star run over and over and over again. But yes. Vector line graphics. They got two of those. They got a standing one and they got a sitting one. Um, <laughs> the old Atari one. That one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they've yeah. got both of those cabinets. The sitting one's slightly more exciting because you at least kind of feel like you're in yeah. the cockpit of, of the machine deck of the Falcon or something. Man, Whereas the standing one, you're just basically watching a bunch of lines. Vector graphics. Yeah, vector graphics. <laughs> like, what is um, this? They've got the Return of the Jedi arcade machine, which is like a, a it's the bikes. It's the speeder bikes. Yeah, I was gonna say they're all ve- the, the arcade ones are mostly vehicles. Speeder bike and stuff, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had the Game Boy version of Empire Strikes Back, which is what... I hadn't... See, we were talking about this before the recording. Yeah. I had no idea that Empire and Return got the Super Star Wars treatment. Yes. They, they were basically much more updated versions of the original, like, NES and Game Boy Atari games. Yeah. Um, but okay. But done for... So Super, Star, so Super Star Wars was original, and then Super Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Super Star Wars, Return of the Jedi were... Redos of I previous releases. Mm. Yeah, because there is a, there is a, a side-scrolling Star Wars game that came out in ninety one. Oh, on the, so Super Star Wars is called Super uh, Star Wars because it was released initially on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, right? Game Boy, Game okay. Gear, and Famicom NES. Yeah, which is the uh, which is the NES. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was released on the NES in North America. Um. um so yeah, it's. Oh, you know what else I played when I was at Arcade Club in Barry? Another great movie adaptation. Yeah. Arcade Machine. The Terminator 2 light gun shooter. Yes! Yes, I Which that. is hard as balls! Yeah, not easy at all. Terminator's had some pretty good arcade games in general. Even uh, the shit uh, ones. That Salvation Machine, I probably fed about 40, yeah, pa- 40 that's pounds right. over the course of a year in um, what was the Odeon and the Printworks. It did also get a console game. What? Um, Salvation? Yeah, you got a third-person shooter game for PS3 for for 360. Damn. Yeah, Damn. Oh, PS3 and 360. Yeah, and also. Oh yeah, I've seen graphics from it because it's like there's John Connor. That's not Christian Bale. <laughs> uh, there was again. There was another like sort of spate of like really low budget, <laughs> fucking thrown together third-person shootery video game tie-ins. There was, there was, oh. a, there was, there was a GI Joe one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. um uh, about five years ago, Rambo. Rambo. Which was an yeah. on-rail shooter yeah. Yeah. for console. Yeah, there was a limited a number of them made for arcades. Yeah, I've seen but those. It was a console game. Yeah, and apparently I remember reading about it. Someone talking about that they played the arcade version. The arcade version worked better because it's an arcade game. Yeah, you had the big guns. Yeah, but also the graphics were dreadful for a PS3 Xbox 360 era release. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it used audio from the movie. Yeah, it was from First Blood. So weird. So. It's just like, but but they hadn't digitized, digitally touched it up or anything. No, so it no, was just, no. it was obviously from like an older version of the film. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And that's that's so when you get into bad. like the weird stuff. Oh, do you want to talk Fight Club? Yeah. Let's talk Fight PS2. Club. Tell me about Fight Club. So f- I know it exists. I don't know much oh. about it, but I know it exists. Fight Club takes you through the plot of Flight Fight Club. If yeah. and I'm not going to say the spoiler, but if the spoiler wasn't part of it. And, wow! And that element was definitely wow. real. Wow! It was a. It had a. It had a, <laughs> it had a campaign mode. It had a story. Yeah. Like, but it was a. It was a beat 'em up. Oh. With that colourful roster of Fight Club characters. What? The likenesses looked nothing like people. No, no, because they probably didn't have the license. The voice acting sounded nothing like anyone apart from whoever was feel- filling in as Tyler Durden, who sounded kind of like Brad Pitt. Okay. 
And it's an abomination. Mm. I played a demo long before I even knew it was a movie, and I was like, this is shit. <laughs> this is shit. This is like shit Street Fighter. What is this? This is shit. Well, and then years later, I saw a retrospective of the game. I was like, after having seen the film, yeah. I was like, the hell? Well, it's funny you should mention hell? Street Fighter. Yeah. Because Street Fighter got a movie adaptation. Don't you mean Which a reskinned Street a Fighter 3 with weird no. photo sprites of the no, cast? It was a completely new thing. It wasn't it wasn't oh, it wasn't based on any of the Street Fighters. But it was using that sort of sprites like but it, design. Uh, no, but Street Fighter's always been hand drawn. Yeah. Whereas this was Whereas this was Com- Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat style digitised graphics. <laughs> so they did Could digitize- you play as Raul Julia's version yeah. of and bison. It was all the movie. Then it's great. The I don't know what you're talking about. It's great. Then it's great. Yeah, for Let's me, keep it was it. a Tuesday, but yeah. <laughs> um, that, that of course. So yeah, you want to talk about bad Street Fighter? Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Fucking all. I mean, why? Yeah. Why? It's mm, and there was two. There was two separate versions of that. There was the arcade version, and the console version. They couldn't port it. Oh my god! Around that time on the PS2 as well, we got this wave of again fans of films turning those films into games, either as adaptations or continuations. Oh yeah, or versions of the story from a new character's perspective. Which ones stick out? But there was this. But that was the thing. There was this weird spate of them based on mafia films. Godfather. Godfather. Godfather 2. Yeah, which was the first one's an adaptation of, I think, Godfather and Godfather 2. Yeah. And then the second's an original storyline. Yes. I think that's how it works. Scarface. Yeah, there's two. There's Scarface, The World Is Yours, and Scarface, Money, Power, Respect. Yeah, one of them is an adaptation of the movie. Yeah. And another one is set in a continuity where he didn't die at the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. But these all... And then there was James Bond where they, they sort of decided finally to retroactively utilise vis- Bond visuals uh, already existed because no. they did a new Connery game based yes. on the Connery Bond with Connery in the role. Right? Yes. And it was pretty damn great. And it was like, this is fun. They did loads of those weird Bond games. Oh, it was great. Well, after Bron- Brosnan was done but Craig had started, there was like one more game where it was Brosnan's Bond. But they did and a Brosnan, few of those and Brosnan things. played the role. It was Nightfire, uh, everything. Oh, I know. Uh, some of them just featured a generic Bond. No, no, they were, they were Brosnan bonds. What were the ones where it was a generic bond? Because there was there was a couple where they it was were just, all Brosnan. Were they voiced by him? Ah, yeah. Yeah, hang on. I think the visual. I think the likeness was Brosnan, but he only voiced him for one. Because mm. there was one where Willem Dafoe was the villain. Everything or Nothing and Nightfire were both definitely. Yeah, there was one where Willem Dafoe was the villain and Joss Stone was the was the quote unquote Bongo. What? Yeah, and it was like, wait, what? Cornish what? singer, sung singer, songwriter, Joss Stone. What? Yeah, this 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 whole thing where they just um, start releasing Bond games. Yeah, hang on. So <laughs> everyone knows Goldeneye. Well, I was gonna say Goldeneye's bad. People love it. I'm sorry. It's bad. I'm sorry. It does not hold up. Agreed. But it was a pioneer of that style and turned that genre into something so, which was then, again, like we're not huge Call of Duty fans, for example. Yes. But first person shooters and specifically multiplayer for first person shooters would not be the way it is today without Goldeneye on the N64. So much so that ah. the, the remake of Goldeneye for the PS3 and Xbox 360, where it's reskinned and it's now featuring Daniel Craig's Bond, but there was a lot of like options and unlockables where you could play characters from throughout the history of the franchise. Um, 
didn't hold up as well because people were like, eh, it looks nice, but there are better shooters out now. It's like, yeah, but GoldenEye, GoldenEye made its mark and started a trend. No, so you, much so, so that even me, as a non-shooter guy, owns GoldenEye on the N64. You bad person. Um, so here's <laughs> the thing. Some more movie time games, here's, here's what happened. Um, you definitely got at least one more in your SNES pile. Um, do I? I don't think there were that many on the N64. Oh, I do. Yeah. Really? Uh, well, okay. Before, before we do hit that, me, let hit me, me with Bond, and then I'll have a so, look at these cartridges. Uh, the GoldenEye, uh, all, all the Prince Brosnan ones, apart from Dino of the Day, got, got a game adaptation. I don't think Dino of the Day got one. Um, no, but that was around the time they released that. Was it everything yeah. or nothing? Or well, n- no. So... Because mm. mm. it, it was like a couple of years after Dino of the Day was the next so game. Goldeneye, Goldeneye 007, we got Goldeneye in. Which was an N64 title. And a shooter. In, in N64, which was loosely told the story of the film, but that wasn't the main no. drawer no. of well, it. Well, the people, it was a good shooter. Uh, but it, it's not. Uh, 99. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> got Tomorrow sound, Never that's Dies. the sound of the past, kids. We got Tomorrow Never, Never Dies for na- in 99. And that's N64. That's, that's PlayStation. Oh. Then we got The World Is Not Enough for N64 and PlayStation. That's, yeah, Both okay. the same game, but with different developers for each platform. <laughs> so they are different versions, essentially. Um, but I'm then, guessing they probably work together on how you're doing it. Yeah, here's how I'm doing it. How are you yeah, doing it? Oh, I guess pretty much. That's weird. Uh, then, Synergy. Also, the Ghostbusters game. The N64... No, sorry, the Wii and PS2 versions. And PSP versions. And PSP versions were cartoony Yeah, they were the real Ghostbusters style. Yeah, but, but, but look, it's based on its own... It was its own thing, very heavily inspired. Yeah. And also, was still the main plot and locations and majority of enemies and everything from the main game, yes. but cartoonified and made shorter. Yes. So this was sort of like that in a way where the PS3, uh, sorry, the PS1 and the N64 versions were separate studios, but there would have been some graphical difference, I guess, in yes. some way. That's really strange. That is really so. bloody strange. I'd have to I'd have to look into it to, to to see how what the actual divergences are, but yeah. it's yeah. So the next Bond movie was Dying of the Day in two thousand two, but before there wasn't that, a game for that, in two thousand and one you got Agent Under Fire. That's the generic Bond one. So that's that's non Brosnan. That's non Brosnan. Re- if I remember correctly, he speaks sort of like this. I'm Bond. I'm James not sure who voiced Bond. him in that, but in Nightfire in two thousand and two, yeah, it was Brosnan's likeness yeah. with Maxwell Caulfield voicing him. Right, that's where I'm getting it confused. Yeah, that, it's, then, it's a sequel to that previous yes. one, but they decided to use Brosnan's likeness at that point. Yes, and then in 2004, but, but not pay Brosnan to play Brosnan no. or pay a voice actor who could do a Brosnan. That did happen in 2004. Yeah, everything or nothing. Everything or nothing. Is that which all? has Brosnan, Dench, Willem Dafoe, and Josh Stone, John Cleese. Uh, it doesn't say in this. Probably she's in one of them. She's in one um, of them. Goldeneye Rogue Agent, which was everyone hated because it wasn't Goldeneye. It was. Uh, it wasn't a Goldeneye remake, right? No, was it? It, it was just a random game with using the name Goodwill. A former MI6 spy known as Goldeneye, who works for Auric Goldfinger against Dr. Julius No. The game was panned for its misleading title and poor storyline. Um, <laughs> just call it 007 Rogue Agent. No, because they wanted to get. It, they, they wanted, wanted to get Goldeneye, Goldeneye. Name. Goldeneye. That's what they wanted. Because uh, everyone wanted a Goldeneye remake and they couldn't get the rights together for it. So. <laughs> Uh, 2005 is when From Russia With Love came out which is the remake of From Russia With Love with Sean Connery as a video game yeah <laughs> um, yes with Connery uh, in it and really fun gameplay mechanics and a, a really cool style yes if I remember correctly. they tried to do Casino Royale but yeah couldn't get it together then the it, rights went to Activision 
Yeah. Then Quantum of Solace, the game, which is a video game, first-person shooter adaptation of Song Casino Royale. Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Oh, Lord with, of the Rings, Two Towers style. With yeah. um, your man, Daniel Craig. <laughs> your boy. Then they remade <laughs> GoldenEye 007 for the Wii. Yes. Um, then 007 Legends. Which, which again is, is a, a shooter. bunch of bonds in yeah. a first person shooter. Because it's a history thing. Oh yeah, and it's also got levels, if I remember correctly. Like it has level yeah, as a yeah. campaign where... Craig is Bond in all of them, uh, but then you can unlock other versions yes. of Bond as part of the yeah. Yes, because it's um, like Craig, if you ever wanted to see Daniel Craig in the events of From Russia with Love and stuff like that, it's like wait what? Yeah, because yes. let's fuck up this continuity even more. There's also one called Bloodstone. What the fuck is Bloodstone? Just Stone. Um, <laughs> an original Bond story. Oh, they did an original one called Bloodstone, but apparently it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you've got in your pile there, Cocker. Oh, in the games? Yeah. Oh my god, I just knocked something over. Well, in my uh, sweet baby tiny pile of uh, SNES games, I have Super Star Wars, but I also have two other movie tie-ins. I know one of them. Let us first discuss... Aladdin. What? Genie, three wishes, any of this ringing a bell? Can't please stop! Ladies and gentlemen, you've just played Aladdin for the SNES. Yeah. Um, seriously, it just uses the same sting of music in a bunch of the levels. Like, in one of them, it's... Uh, it, just, it just picks, like, four bars from each of the songs. I can't handle it, Chris. It's so weird. But, really fun platformer, difficult as shit, Really nice design. This is the SNES version. All the platformers were difficult as shit because you had to get your money's worth. Yeah, but arguably this... Uh, this is a German copy, by the way. When you put the menu oh, in, it's, uh, it's in English, but it was a German copy. PAL version, but German. Um, PAL version? PAL German. Arguably the less fun version of it, the Sega um, Mega, Drive. Mega Drive version was the better version of Aladdin. It had better audio... Audio from the film. The Mega Drive tended to have better audio mm. than SNES. Audio games. from the movie as well. Uh, sound clips from the film used in the in the soundtrack and the characters' noises. Yeah. Uh, and the music varied. So there was that. <laughs> um, Disney had a lot of really nice movie tie-in ones on the SNES, Sega Mega Drive, Sega Genesis era of all that stuff. Yeah. Lion King's another one that people always say was a really enjoyable game. The Jungle Book game for Mega Drive. Did you ever play that? That was a lot of fun. Uh... I don't think I did. No, I didn't. It was, it was the box where no. Mowgli looks angry as fuck. I played Lion King. For some reason. Lion King. Didn't play Jungle Book. Um, Tarzan on the PS1 was really fun. And Hercules. Uh, Disney's action adventure starring Hercules for the PS1. Yes. Was really fun That's too. That's good. That uh, is good. But I have one other movie adaptation in my SNES games. Yes, I didn't know which one it is. I hate this game. And this Because film? I find it really difficult. It's very difficult. It's... Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Batman Ruddy Returns. Because Batman didn't... The first Batman movie didn't get a... Sorry, the, the first Burton Batman movie didn't get a SNES release. No, it got an, a NES game. It got a NES game. And that NES game was more like Game Boy style basic graphics. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just um, NES. Yeah. It's... 
it's fine. People fondly remember it. Yeah, Batman yeah. fight based on which version you're playing. Batman fights random supernatural enemies, um, <laughs> but it always ends with a fight with the Joker in the Clock Tower. Yes. Batman Returns is a side-scrolling, um, ad- I guess, side-scrolling adventure beat 'em up in the mold of the Turtles games and stuff. Yeah. But the difference is Batman Returns is tough as shit. <laughs> it's like Turtles where if you got stuck you could grab a second controller yeah. and your buddy could come in and you could play as two turtles at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that in Batman Returns. You're just Batman. Yeah. And the end of level one is you fighting the Red Triangle Circus Gang and you've got to <laughs> aim the grappling hook somehow at the wall like yeah. it does in the film and yeah. pull it out from behind the guy and knock him in the head. Yeah. Except it doesn't tell you how to do that. Nope. And if you lose and she gets shot or yep. you get attacked, if that happens, you go back to the start of the level. <laughs> like six-year-old me did repeatedly. Oh, very good. And as I learned to my detriment five years ago when I bought this SNES and that cartridge, 20 freaking three-year-old me went through the same thing too. So there's that. And um, it wasn't the last Batman movie to get a side scrolling beat-em-up adaptation. I never played forever. I played. I've seen a lot of some... it again. Photo sprites, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was digitized. I played so some strange. of the Saturn version of Batman Forever. It's bad. Don't worry about it. But the real game. Yeah, I had the VHS with the advert for it at the start of it. I played some of the Saturn version because there's like someone who's not Carey playing the Riddler. Yeah, kind of. He sort of looks like he's really going for it, and you're like, oh, okay. I believe you could fight Batman. I don't believe Carey's really could fight Batman. No. Um, but in my in my um, N64 collection, I've got Goldeneye. Yes. Uh, I have one other movie tie-in. Uh, is it cheating that it was a straight-to-DVD movie? Oh, no, I'm intrigued. Because this is, this is, again, this is tough, and it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but it's in 3D. Uh, and it's... <laughs> if it was on a PlayStation controller, I think I would have had a lot more fun with it. But because it was the N64 controller, there was some necessary <laughs> shit given to that middle joystick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Fuck a duck. Yeah. All right. Although this is the PAL release, so it's called Batman of the Future Return of the Joker. Ah. This is mostly you as Terry McGuinness fighting the Joker's gang. Ah. In apartment buildings. And it's pretty damn tough intriguing at this point as a kid I realised I preferred um, Playstation to N64 my brother had the N64 I had the Playstation yeah and um, I, I realised by this point I preferred the Sony thing it's most of the, most of the reason why I've stuck to the Playstation going forward over the years and yeah. I've added every iteration of that and not gone to Xbox or, <laughs> or or followed the Nintendo releases strictly I've only ever dipped in once with a Wii yeah um is because I've just got so used to that controller layout, it feels so natural in my hands. Mm. Um, and the fact that they only ever make subtle changes to the volume or the density of each controller mm. has made that even more uh, sort of pleasant yeah. as the generations have gone on. Because it's like, oh, feels a bit different. Okay. There okay. anyway, it And, you know, I can play games on Xbox and I can play, you know, I can play stuff with Nintendo controllers and everything, but Batman. Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker was the game that made me go, yeah, I prefer PlayStation. Because I enjoyed it, but it was always just a little too difficult because of that yeah, freaking controller layout. It's, it's rough, man. It, it, there's no no two ways about it. It is rough. Um, rough. <laughs> I think I think we need to I think we need to get to the, the elephant in the room. Um, I've never played this. Okay. But we would be remiss if we were not to mention this game. All right. Considering it's so bad, 
that it nearly single-handedly tanked the video game industry in the 80s. And yeah. the company's solution to sort of erasing it from mm. time mm. was to bring back and recall every copy that hadn't yet sold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, allegedly, mm-hmm. for a long time, allegedly, mm-hmm. dump them in a landfill. I mean... Only for that landfill to be confirmed and then dug up. In part of a documentary many years documentary later. part of a documentary many years later. Yeah. Where it's like, oh my god, this gaming urban myth exists. Yeah. And now a copy of it that was dug up is in the Smithsonian. Yeah. With a whole like mini exhibit in front of it about the history of it, its history in the video <laughs> oh, game industry. Man. It's E.T., the game. Uh I'm pretty sure other E.T. games have been made in some way. Probably mobile, probably <laughs> handheld. Because remember, you used to buy handheld games that were like these little tiny sort of Game Boy-esque consoles with yeah. pixelated things. And I might have Power Rangers one that I played the living hell out of. Um, <laughs> it was one level. It was one level. And I'd play it a million times. Because you fought, you fought Goldar at the end. Yeah. yeah. That rings a bell. But, um... <laughs> that rings a bell. Yeah, E.T. <laughs> it was an Atari game? Yeah. 84? 82, 83, 84? Around that time? And allegedly it was made in six days? I think it was. Was it six it was, days? They were up against a really, really tight... Again, because we're, we're talking about movie, movie tie-in games. games. Like, we're, talk, we're talking about the, the, you know, sometimes the project gestates and people are like, no, we want to take longer. Goldeneye came out two years after the movie yeah, yeah. because the developers knew they were onto something and they went, look, we want to refine it. It was rare, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, Goldeneye was rare. We yeah. want to refine this. We're going to take our time. Yes. And it's a great job they did because it redefined first-person shooter and multiplayer uh, gaming for a good two generations of games afterwards. Um. Games like The Warriors obviously would never have come out at the same time as the movie, but clearly show a lot of love and care and attention to the the source material. Hmm. So they're tie-ins, but they're tie-ins after the fact. E.T. was very much a, yeah, we want to get this on shelves and sell some video games because this movie's doing really well. <laughs> so if you can get it out while it's still in theatres, that'd be great. Yes. Um... The plot of E.T. the movie is young man Elliot meets this extraterrestrial who's just all he wants is to find a way back home and they're trying to sort of avoid the government and finding him out and it's the story of friendship between two outcasts and... He just wants to finger Elliot. (laughs) I'll be right in here. (laughs) Um, It's it's... glowing. It feels good. Honest. I mean, look at that finger and tell me you wouldn't ride it. Um... (laughs) Make his neck go, but, um, but it's a story about two outsiders finding friendship and, and standing up for what you know is right. And yes. hey, kids, if you think an adult is wrong, you're not necessarily wrong. Like, talk to people, fight against it. As long as you're doing the right thing, do it. It's got some great messages in it. It's a wonderful film. It's a staple. It's a family favorite for decades now. E.T. the Extraterrestrial. People, people love E.T. It's a classic movie. In the game, a little sprite that sort of looks like the shape of E.T. Oh. runs around and shoots things and walks around trees and moves around a bit. Don't fall in the pit. Don't if fall you fall in, that fall in the pit. Oh, it's all over. Start again, E.T. It is legendarily inept. 
it isn't anything. No. It isn't isn't a good game. But it's it also isn't... from an era where that was fairly common with movie tie-in games. I had a uh, I had a plug and play uh ripped console thing in the yeah. late nineties. Those like three hundred in one, whatever the yeah, yeah, those ones. Yeah. It was like a basic control, it sort of looked like a Mega Drive controller blown up big. And it's all like NES and Atari ROM hacks. Yeah. I yeah. think it was the Atari game. I played the Amazing Spider-Man on it, which I think was Atari. Yeah, there was that, an Atari Spider-Man game. That's dog shit. It's just cubes. It's just moving cubes. There's a little stick thing. Yeah, that sounds like an Atari game. As you scaled this building, avoiding windows, avoiding people throwing things out of the windows eventually. Very good. And at the very end of it, you get to the top of the building after... If you if you do, I think someone's done a run of it where it's like a perfect run and it takes about twenty five minutes to get up this building, Jeez. and then at the top you fight the green goblin, i.e. you avoid his bombs, and you get up to him and I think you like press a certain button at the very top, like an action button, stick button or whatever, and that defeats him. Defeat it, the it, green goblin with they, one button. press. The characters look nothing like the characters. No. The building looks nothing like a building. It's all approximate, but it at least is. You're Spider-Man, you're scaling a building, and you fight the Green Goblin at the top. Like, at least those elements it's, it's are something. in there. Yeah, it's there. Like, there's a there's an Atari uh, Empire Strikes Back, which is, ba- which is the Hoth battle. Oh, right. But, Basically. Like, Space Invaders style Yeah. Yeah. They're, you, you know, they're, they're, those things are out there. But this... Is just... E.T. is dog shit. If you're looking at this on YouTube right now, or listening to this on SoundCloud, there is an accompanying thumbnail. Yeah. That you can look at while you're listening. And you should. Look into the face of that. Look into the face of E.T. Alien thing. And imagine that finger inside you. Yep. Oh. Right in your landfills. We want to know what your favourite and least (laughs) favourite video games are. Because we'll bring them up next week. Um, Specifically movie tie-ins. Not TV tie-ins. That's a whole separate thing. We get into a whole thing. Have there are pl- so many. There oh, are more god. that we haven't mentioned than we have mentioned if because want- there are so many. Oh god! I played the Fantastic Four one, which was okay. Uh, I it was I, okay. The other day, I came across right. uh, in a charity shop. I came across and nearly bought, and I kind of regret that I didn't know. <laughs> I nearly bought uh, Independence Day for the PS One. Oh my god, mm, that'd be fun. Alien Trilogy. It's not. <laughs> Alien Trilogy. It's really, not fun. really cool shooter. Alien Resurrection. Not as good. Uh, Alien Trilogy is not that cool. Okay. Wait, am I getting the wrong way around? Was Resurrection a better version of it? Probably not. Ah, meats. I've, well, I've got them downstairs. We should I play had, them. I had Alien Trilogy. It's bad. I've got them downstairs. We should play them. It's sometime. a bad Doom clone. Um, you know, maybe maybe you've you've come across some of the more notorious, Die Hard uh, terrible. Get. Ga- was that was that all right? It was three different games in one because oh. the f- Die Hard was a was a top down. Um, I like. Oh, each one was a shooter. different style of game. Uh, two was a light gun shooter. Oh, okay. And then three was a driving <laughs> game. Oh, okay. Did Sam Jackson yell things at you the whole time? Uh, someone who sounded vaguely like Sam Jackson <laughs> yelled things at you, yeah. Uh, have you played some of the more notoriously bad video game uh, movie tie-ins, such as Catwoman? Catwoman, mm-hmm. fucking hell. Where the developers clearly spent all of their time and attention rendering the Halle Berry figure. Daredevil to the GBA. Else. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh, yeah. There's um, a couple of GBA exclusive ones. Uh, did you... Oh, God, Charlie's Angels for the PS2 and GameCube, I think it was. The Lego games. All of the Lego games based on movies. No, 
they're not too bad though. They're, no, but they're, they're repetitive. All, but yeah. there's something we haven't talked about. It's an entire category yeah. unto itself. One of my favorite movie tying games ever was um, Gizmo versus Stripe for the G- for the uh, GBA. Mm. Really fun. Gremlins you could play as Gizmo and play through the plot of, of one and two, sort of, or nice. play as Stripe and play through the plot of number one. Nice. Um, nice. Really fun. Uh, and are there t- you know, we'll talk about them one day but are there TV video game tie-ins you can think of that are good or bad Buffy Chaos Bleeds is a great game well, it's funny you should mention that Christopher because we've got an email oh meat we've got an email oh meat is it about the Coronation Street point and click game no if you've never seen that look up the Cadicorous video oh, okay. on the Coronation Street game oh I think I might have actually it's haunting yeah that's ringing a bell it's ringing a bell it's haunting <clears throat> mostly because of the lack of music I played the there's, Blade there Runner a, PC game, that's which was a very sequel good. to the film, yeah. sort of. Yeah, it doesn't look like the film because they look like video game characters. Yes. But it's it references um, De- uh, Descartes. Descartes, yeah. Uh, I always want to say Descartes, but then I realised that's... It's philosophy 101, right? Yeah, there, like... and then I think of Eckert, which is the bullock fill-in in the 89 Batman movie. Think about the future! Eating every single <laughs> Um Someone's emailed in about video games. Not quite. Oh, but yes. Oh no. This one comes in from Jack. Hootsmon, Jack. Hootsmon. Jack says, "Hello, you big downloads." Mm. You may have noticed me in your comment mm. section. I don't think he spelled it that way, did he? Big downloads. You may have noticed me in your comment section around the Christmas season. Christmas. This is my first email to <gasps> you. Oh, we've popped your email. If you're a first-time emailer, you've you've got it down. You managed to send it and everything. Uh, motivated by procrastination and moderate boredom. Good, good combination. <laughs> uh, I've been an avid gamer for a majority of my of my as of yet quite short life, and I find myself increasingly annoyed that, in my opinion, there aren't any truly good Doctor Who games available for purchase. So I propose to you. Mm. What do you think would make a good Doctor Who game? Hope you're having a good one. See you around. That's an interesting shout. Have you played any, just quickly, have you played any Doctor Who video games? I tried to play the first episode of the uh, adventure games that they released for the BBC website, but I could not get it to run properly on my PC at the time. Yeah, I I, I played... Uh, you're in one of them. I'm in one of them. I'm in the fifth one, season yeah. two. Which was just one game. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why. Because I, I was in it. <laughs> I, just, I killed it all. I, pl- I played the Dalek one. I played the Cybermen one. I didn't play the Vash Narada one or whatever the fourth one was. And I did play... Um, I think the fourth one was an original enemy. And I, I did play the gunpowder plot all the way through, mostly because it was the only way to hear the work I'd done. It's like, <laughs> where are my characters? Also, I had the last line of the game, because I was I was three characters, and one of them was the Royal Guard who finished the game. So I was like, I want to get to the end so I can hear me! <laughs> That's the only reason I finished it. It was a lot of fun, though. But they, they were interesting, because they were essentially pl- adventure games. Uh, literally. was the name? Huh? But um, adventure and exploration games with... Not combat, but like puzzles and stealth mechanics to get yeah. away from enemies. Which, uh, which like, kind of makes sense because you don't want a Doctor Who character to be fighting an enemy. Based on conflict, no. Uh, there, there's ways to sense. do that. Like there is totally ways to do that. Maybe you have a game where you're not playing as one of the central characters from Doctor Who. I mean, I've always argued, and, Absalom, and, 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 and a, game, a game. I mean, that would be fun. <laughs> a game proved me wrong, unfortunately. But I would argue a, a game where River Song's the protagonist could work. Mm. You keep it light-hearted, but she can obviously shoot and fire and attack people, because that's what she does. 
Yes. Um, you know, do that. And you can have the Doctor's story intertwine with it. And mm. you meet them. But the problem is, there is a song, or there is a game where you play as the Doctor and River song, and it's the Eternity Clock for PS3. Is and it, it's is it gash. It? It's <sighs> gash. Oh. Down to several things. I think it was made completely with the best intentions, but it just doesn't work. It's again, it's a puzzle game. So River and the Doctor are, it's about puzzles and not being spotted at the same time. But unlike the adventure games, where you kind of like collected an inventory of items and you would. Uh, Basically, the adventure games were, an ed- were educational games with hmm. stealth and, and puzzle mechanics in them. You would learn stuff. You would learn about the history or the science. You would have rooms to explore. Whereas um, in Eternity Clock, like, you collected hats because the 11th Doctor likes hats. <laughs> Alex Kingston voice acted a socks off and did a really good job in it. Matt Smith is not a great voiceover artist. The only time I've ever listened to Matt Smith and something gone, that's pretty good, is when he's, read, is when he's read an audiobook. Yeah. When he's read an audiobook, he's very good. When he voices himself in stuff, it doesn't quite sound right. Even in the adventure games, Matt sounds a little stilted. Not for lack of trying. Like, you know, the, I, firsthand, I can say the direction for the adventure games was very good. But, um, that being said, you might listen to my performance and go, oh, shit. <laughs> but, you know, it's very good. But, Never. but Karen and Arthur in that game, you swine, outshine <laughs> Matt, like, a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and just sort of, you know. So there's that. Um, Eternity Clock's not great. Uh, oh, no. God. Uh, as far as... Other than that, I've only played one Doctor Who game because they released two in 2010 to tie in with Series 5. Yeah, there's a Wii one as well, isn't there? Yeah, I played the... Uh, I've got called? it here. Return, of... Return, Return to, to Earth. Earth. I played... The, so the, the, Wii, the Wii game is part two of this two-part story. Yeah. I played part one, which was the DS game, Evacuation Earth. Okay. Um, Evacuation Earth features some elements of the Daleks and the Silurians, and Return to Earth features the Cybermen and I think some Dalek stuff. And it's basically an Eleventh Doctor and Amy story told over two games. Um, the only <sighs> so Evacuation Earth on the... <laughs> Evacuation Earth on the on the DS is basically a puzzle game. Yeah. Professor Layton style puzzle game with semi illustrated cartoon like graphics. It's a bad way to go for a Doctor Who game. Yeah, and, and full audio, like full cast audio in, oh, in the okay. uh, Karen Gillan okay. and Matt Smith play their roles in the game and you hear them. But there's no cutscenes. The designs are kind of like a storybook cartoony look in that one, yes. which I believe then carries over into uh, Return to Earth. I've watched Return to Earth gameplay on, I think it's the, the guys behind Review of Death. I think I watched them play it on YouTube. Okay. Uh, Matt and Billy. And it's. Awful. <laughs> so, but again, wow. it's trying to be a platformer, yet a stealth platformer with puzzles, and it just doesn't work. There are ways to do a Doctor Who game. These are not it. I think if yeah. you're going to do it, you do something like uh, you. I think you joined me for some of this at some point. I played Goosebumps, which came out in 2016, which is um, old school PC style. Um, it's a point and click. Okay. And it occupies the game. The visual visuals of the game occupy like two thirds of the screen on the bottom. You have like options and on the side you have your inventory and it's like a mouse kind of point and click system. Yeah. And it's about just collecting items and just going through a mystery. Um, that was a tie in release to the Goosebumps movie. So it's another video game tie in, hmm. but it, it's only loosely connected to the Goosebumps movie and uses the visual design of some of the characters from the Goosebumps movie. That's pretty much it. Um, Okay. It's really fun. Like I, I blasted through a playthrough in in a couple of days, and it was really really fun. 
Uh, I want to platinum it, but it means playing it like six times and doing a bunch of things the wrong way and the right way and all this stuff. So it's like, no, nah, I'm fine. Yeah. Maybe one day. Um, if it was on the Vita, it'd be great because you could just point and click with yeah, the touch screen. Yeah, those, those kind of things tran- do translate quite well to the Vita. Um, but so if you did a Doctor Who game like that, a point and click adventure, like a yeah. LucasArts that, that style. Is the, that is the direction I lean to. Yeah, like a, like a Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle kind of thing. Or... Grim Fandango, even with a bit more movement. Or... A HD remaster of Dalek Attack for the Commodore 64. <laughs> well, that's how you make a Doctor game. You make a, you make a game that's not specifically Doctor Who. Oh, no, this has got the Doctor in it, though. Yeah, well, that's rare. Fourth, well, fifth, or seventh, you get the choice. Oh, men's calling left out. A second player can play as Ace. Oh, God. <laughs> or you... Um, <laughs> or you do what they did before, but obviously do a better gameplay for the computer game part, and do Destiny of the Doctors, which was the probably the most Ooh. notorious Doctor Who game. Really. Yeah, well, because it was the Doctor Who game for a yeah, while. Because everyone forgot on the spectrum, and it was released around the time of the TV movie. It yeah. focuses on the first seven Doctors. They've been taken out of the time stream, and you are this sentient robot alien sort of glowing orb thing. Yeah. That the doctor has pre-programmed to look for him in the certain circumstances, and you've got yes. to find them. You've got to break them free from each of the traps they're in. And the master's behind it, and the cutscenes are filmed scenes with Anthony Ainley reprising the role as a, a greyer-haired version of his master, but having an absolute ball and an actual beard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As opposed to the stuck beard, on beard yeah. that he has in all of his other appearances. Uh, Silurians are in it, Autons are in it, Sontarans, oh, Daleks, oh, Cybermen. It's rough though. Look I at mean, that Sontaran! They're in the nursery compared to us. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. Uh, you're playing this robot, you float around rooms of the TARDIS, you float around different locations from throughout the series history. Um, there is audio clips of the Doctors, I think McCoy recorded new dialogue for it. Yes. Um, and I think McGann is alluded to like he's not in it, but it was released around the same time as the TV movie, so it was like a. In fact, I think it's ninety-seven, uh, isn't it? Yeah. So it's after they the TV vaguely movie. mention that the seventh Doctor regenerates, but um, they keep it nice. They and don't vague. mention probably the because doctor. they don't know what the copyright issue is with Universal mm-hmm. at that point. Um, but yeah, it's it's HD remake that shit. Like you know, from the ground up, it would be really cheap to do. Keep only sequences or. Redo it from the ground up. Add stuff for the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th and 12th Doctors. Give Jodie a wraparound narration thing for it. And get Michelle Gomez to do all the sequences as Missy. I'd play the shit out of that. Because then you can have your... Look, we're not... Look, the eras are leaving stuff behind. But if you really want 13 meets Missy, here it is in this game. Go play it. I've got I'd f- play the shit out of that. I've got a feeling, though. <laughs> that tonight's gonna be... I've got a feeling. From what I'm reading about it now and from what I've seen of it, and what I've heard of it about it before, I've got a feeling... I've got a feeling this game's a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but remake it from the ground up and it'll be a bit shit, but look nicer. <laughs> okay. Because okay. Um, that's the thing. I don't think you can do... I don't think you can nail a Doctor Who game. You can't do an open world game because Doctor Who should be open universe. And you can't do it to the scale that would be befitting of the property. You have to move away from combat as a primary means of interaction. You can't do it based on the current Doctor because if you do it will age very quickly when that era ends. I think you're going to have to though. You'd have to, but then you'd have to, if you really wanted to keep it up, you'd have to do sequels. 
But if you're churning them out at, at the rate that it would take to do a sequel justice, you're going to lose a doctor in that time. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're possibly, like, you, you could have a Jodie game and then the sequel to it has to star two actors after Jodie. <laughs> Do you yes. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you're missing out a doctor already. Fan service are going to want. I want to be able to play as my favorite doctor in my favorite console room. Well, that might be an option. But then it's play just the a, fucking Lego but, Dimensions. Exactly, but then it's just a TARDIS simulator. Yeah, Lego yeah. Dimensions, I think, is the best way to do it because it's toys. Yes. So you are smashing the bad guys. You are punching the bad guys as Troughton and stuff. Yes. Because it's Lego and it doesn't really matter. I. It's yeah, fan yeah, service yeah. to Doctor Who. I, Lego toys. I, I think that's the best you're going to get. I honestly think that that's... It's, it, point and click is the way to go. That sort of Telltale style adventure game is the way to go. But and not... If you, and, if, and if you want to do it, if you want to make it last and everything, mm. do it Do it with the first Doctor. Do a game with the first Doctor. Yeah. And then if it's successful, and people want to follow up, you do a follow up with the second Doctor. Yeah. Okay. And then that way you can take your okay. sweet time. Okay. You'll never overlap. The games will inevitably get cancelled and stop being made around like the sixth or seventh one because the studio will go bust or some shit like that. But that'd be great. Hmm. And especially because we're entering an era of content for Doctor Who now where we're going to be getting Blu-ray box sets of mostly the 70s and 80s stuff. Because they'll be holding off as long as they can before they release the 60s stuff on those Blu-ray sets. Because they'll be waiting to see how much of it can be recovered. Are they ever going to release a non-special edition of them so I can actually buy it without having to pre-order it three three fucking months in advance? Oh, you mean these these current ones? Oh yeah, after I got my first paycheck at Christmas for Panto, I was like, right, I'm going to buy the season um, Season 12 box set. Yeah, the cheapest I found was a second-hand one for 90 quid. Yeah. Because they only did that initial run. Yeah. Which is mental. Yeah, you can still buy the uh, Season 19 box set now quite easily. And you can pre-order the Season 18 one now. And they've settled on a price of 39.99 now. Which is... Uh, Whereas the first fair. one, I think, was 50... For an entire season of old TV that's been restored and with a bunch of features, I think that's fairly fair. Now, you know, you know what? Just, just put those discs out in a simplistic packaging re-release the discs in a simplistic packaging and charge less from because a lot of that cost is the box set that you're buying yeah. as well like I've seen them I've, I've, I've seen they I mean, are I think Dan showed me his like they're beautiful they and elaborate gorgeous, yeah. but again you can, now, that shit. you can now buy series 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7 of the modern run in a slim DVD box for about £25 at most because the packaging is just a simple box now mm. like I've, I've got um, yeah, you've got the slim boxes up there yeah, well, well, I've uh, only the the most recent series that did that on release is C series ten. There, it's just a slim box. Yeah, up there, and then twice by the time. But <laughs> like, I've got series one and two on the steel books, uh, and I was gonna I was gonna get the steel books up to the specials because that's the they're the only ones I only had on DVD up to that point from that run. Yeah, but they've been cancelled now after number three's come out, so I'm not even bothering number three. I've just got no. one and two, and that's fine. I'll leave them at that. Bollocks to that. But again, like it's that whole. As a collector, you want your shelf to get smaller and more manageable. So re-release those box yeah. sets, yeah. those limited runs, as less limited in smaller boxes. As a collector, I want less stuff. Yeah, because the Blu-ray you can fit more on the discs, so you only need it only needs to be like five discs at a box set, which we now know you can fit into a slim case based on who makes them and who's the guy. The Twilight Zone box sets downstairs. It's one of them's got one of them's got six discs in it. It's a normal Blu-ray size oh, box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Right. I've so, got both seasons of Dollhouse mm. in what is essentially a double wide Blu-ray case. Yeah, boom. 
Bunting. that. It's only, it's only slightly wider than a normal one. Done. Concise. Beautiful. Yeah. But if we're not going to get Heartland Trouton versions of those box sets anytime soon, because they're, they're allegedly going to wait as long as they can to see what's recovered so they can then add it in. Heartland Trouton Games. Um, Heartland Trouton Games. Get Give us more of it. those doctors. They're always pushing stories out. They'll have some story they want to tell. Big finish. We love people who subscribe. Please subscribe so we Please. can have yearly funds. Please subscribe to Big Finish. Big Finish. We love making audios with all of our mates. Big Which, finish. fair enough. Like, if you can do that as a business, go for it. Fair dues. Big Finish. Um, we never will. <laughs> <laughs> you love the third Doctor's era? Well, here's a box set featuring all your favourite characters. Only one of the actors is still alive. And he voices them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, on that note <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a big finish you think no no I mean we're gonna this is the big finish oh of this podcast oh you fool oh you fool all of you out there who'd like to get in touch with the podcast please Go. do well, <laughs> and that's why our analytics are falling uh, bigdamncontact at gmail.com you can of course tweet us at bigdamncast if you want to catch the big damn stream live yes. most Tuesdys and Thursdays and if not episode catch ups on YouTube immediately afterwards on YouTube uh, go to twitch.tv slash bigdamnstream get my Legend of Zelda on tomorrow you are Legend of Zelda-ing like a good one sir yes. um, I'm also hoping to stream on the big damn uh, stream channel more soon and maybe on the YouTube channel as well because I now finally have a capture card that works sexy Elgato and uh, that's what you get for having a Mac well true oh don't because yes so do. I've been I've been looking I've been looking I've got a tax rebate possibly due I need to get it confirmed Ooh. but if I have if I have it's enough to buy and then have some change uh, a 2017 iMac which is what I think I'm going to do. I'm just going to get an iMac from my desktop. Mercy use, use my laptop. Me. Use my laptop just as my portable like thing. Give it a break because it's an old Literal laptop. Notepad. It's an old laptop that has worked so well, but has had a hard drive replaced twice. So it's like it's going to get to the point where this is free one time. But still, because they came in, looked at it, went, "Yeah, this problem's really weird. We're going to wipe it and do this and the other." Have you backed up? Yeah, I backed up two weeks ago. Okay, great. La la. Moving on. Blah blah blah. blah. But still, I'm like, I'd rather I'd rather wipe this laptop of everything but like Audacity and some editing software, mm. and use it as my portable baby, and use an iMac in here as my new thing. I can get a 2017, early 2017 one, for uh, just over 850 quid, um, new, so inbox and everything. Uh, I will have some change left after that from this rebate, so it's like that'd be nice. Um, because then I've got a more permanent workstation, which I know is going to work for me for at least the next five, six, seven years and be something I could do my freelance work from without much problem. Mm. Um, what brought me onto this? Why did I start talking about the Mac? fucking know. I was about streaming. But I was like, if I'm going to do yes. that, I may as well check what the streaming situation is going to be like first. Yeah. Mac yeah. is really not catered to for streaming. No. Full stop. No. But Elgato caters to Mac exclusively with a lot of its equipment so if they can improve great because i'm about to test out this new station and if i can it means i'll be streaming on big dumb stream a lot more often as well as on official cdj good if you want to follow your occasional stream of resident evil 7 yeah. as well that's over on uh, uh, the unders- uh no the matty what all the matty what all yeah. one word what spelt w-h-a-t yes um on twitch as well that was a lot of fun. Were you get were you pretty sourced the other night, or were you just pleasantly tippled? Uh, pleasantly tippled and very tired. Yeah, and surrounded by bugs. So many bugs. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Imagine oh. playing it in VR. 
Nope. Oh. No, I played a little bit of it in VR at Arcade Club, but yeah. uh, it just made me a bit queasy. Because oh, the thing is, if you move naturally in VR, if your character moves naturally and you don't, it makes you feel queasy. Mm. But if you like do the teleporting and, and turn in by angle thing, it just doesn't feel right because it doesn't feel natural. So essentially what you're saying is... I played a bit of Skyrim the... VR, and like, in that, you are teleporting... And you yeah, you're sort of shunting turns. forward and stuff like that. And I was like, this doesn't feel nice at all. And so I switched it to natural movement, where you just move with the stick as normal and turn to turn. Mm. And I lasted about half an hour, and I was like, I have to, I have to sit down. I feel horrible. So what you're saying is VR at the moment is still only at the point where it's better for just like 15 to 20 minute experiences. Where you're not moving ever. To, yeah, that are catered <laughs> to you sitting down and looking around. Why I don't have a PSVR, because I yeah. just cannot justify the cost for something that is so... Narrowly usable. Currently. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, see. we'll all see! And yes. you'll hear us next week for episode 140. Uh, till then, I am... I'm just I'm just delighted that you're here. Listener, thanks. I'm, I'm ecstatic. And I couldn't be happy that you're going. Now fuck off. Mm. But do come back next week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So glad they're gone. Now we can kiss without shame. I'll always be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs>